Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. <laughs> Let's do it live on a Thursday edition of the program. How you living, Threes? Oh, living the dream. How you doing, man? I mean, geez, you're coming off a of first Friday, probably at a cocktail, maybe out at the 34, damming some creeks yesterday. What'd you do? Well, if we still had the 34, I would have been out there. But, you know, funny thing, when we left uh, the beautiful city of Columbus out to South Bend, yeah. the, 30, the 34 is now in new ownership. So, you know, it, I do think about it quite a bit and wish I could be out there. But, you know, still living the dream, still living the dream. And, uh You'll probably be disappointed, but I actually, I actually am participating in a dry February. So, oh, for God's sake, you it's quitter! The shortest, it's the shortest month. It's the shortest month <laughs> on the calendar. So that is strategic. That helps. <laughs> that helps, buddy. Hey, man, uh, uh, it is. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Congratulations. Obviously, we, we've we've talked privately, but just um, I know how long you've wanted this, and and to be able to get it, and and now. Now, now you're whole, uh, as it, as it is from, from a, from a Buckeye side of things. And this is a journey, brother, that goes back a long ways. And, and I guess let's start there. Take yourself back to being a player. Um, take yourself to the, to the point where you're in the league and then circling back to now coaching the position you played at the university you played it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the unique thing was when I was playing a lot of, coaches and a lot of my teammates used to always say um like chris long all the time used to be like oh you're definitely gonna coach <laughs> and i remember always being like nah nah like those hours are crazy you know what i mean and kind of being in that mindset and then i remember steve spagnola used to say to me like having you out there is like having a coach on the field um yeah. as a player and so i always took great pride in that because to me it meant that you were going to be prepared. You were going to know what you were doing, but you also knew what you were talking about and the why and all that stuff behind it. And then, you know, when you get to that point where you just can't do what your mind wants you to do anymore, what, you know, your body can't hold up, you get to it, you're like, okay, well, what's kind of what's next? And I knew that after kind of evaluating my life for six to eight months, you know, I tried to really stay away from football. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what I was, I felt like an expert in. And then that's why I dove into media. I just wanted to talk about the game that I loved. Mm -hmm. And I've loved this game since I first started playing it in fourth grade. And, you know, Pops was my coach. And uh, all those good memories, it's been my first love. And so, you know, when you start doing the media and then you started doing the kind of the coaches' calls, doing games, (laughs) and that's when you start talking ball and all that. And I feel the juices flowing. I'm like, all right, I got to. I was 35. I was like, I got to find a way to get into this. Otherwise, I'm going to regret it. And then once I jumped in with Marcus at Notre Dame, I knew that was that was the right decision. And that's what I wanted to do. 
You know the the thing about it. It's funny you mentioned Chris because you guys, when you're done playing, you you have it's you're in your early thirties, mid thirties. In some cases, if you're lucky yep. enough, sometimes in your twenties, it's like okay, now yeah. what do I do? And you know, I yep. see Chris, and he's you know, summers in Montana, and he's uh, doing choosing that path. I mean, that that turned out to be his why is to go that way. He does a podcast with his brother now, and um, and you always talked about that on the show. Like, look, you got to find your why. You got to find out what that is. Um, and with that. And, and you mentioned the hours, like, and, and in today's world of college football, and I know that's one of the things that even going back, and you shared this before on the show, like, like one of the things that Urban was always worried about with, when he would, and he had the same thing with Heartline, was these guys who made it in the league, are they going to grind? Are they going to want to yeah. grind? And Brian has proven that, that he is, and I think you've proven in, in a year or so on the job here that you are, but um, there is a grind to this college coaching that that is is probably even different from when you played by a, a wide margin yeah it is it is um but i think it still comes down to you know you have to try to realize as you go about this game like when do you overcomplicate it right when you study too much and i felt that way as a player you know yeah. i felt like when i was some of my worst games was i felt like i almost guessed because you knew so many tendencies that you were guessing and looking for them instead of just letting your instincts kind of happen. Um, and so there's, you know, you got to be able to, I always say sometimes, and one of our speakers to our team last year was a former um, Navy SEAL, and he used to say, you got to pack light when you go into battle. you got to be able to move. You know, you got to pack white light. If you, know, if you know the plan and you know what you're supposed to do, you can't be bogged down with all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I've kind of always viewed that, but the way he put it was so um, – was so much better than I, I could ever word it, you know? So I was like, yeah, that's right. You gotta, you can know all the stuff about the opponent. You can work and, and do all this, but at the end of the day, are you prepared? And then are your guys prepared as players? And I think that's all I really wanted to, to focus on was, are my players prepared when they go into battle? And, um, I felt they, you know, they were, and you have to, you know, when you're doing something new and you're teaching and you're presenting and you're installing, you got to figure out how do I communicate it to guys? Um, you know, it's easy doing that when you're talking to Tommy or Steele, guys who have been through a lot of football and installations and all that, right? Versus guys who are young and don't know maybe even where to align or what you're talking about. So you have sure. to really figure out how to coach each individual uh, differently. You mentioned Spags, uh, G Dub. I know had a big influence on you. Luke Fickle, huge influence. Tress, um, you've been around a lot of great coaches. Um, even yeah. the guys currently on the staff. As you, how do you get your style? And and who do you do you bar little pieces? How did you how do you put your style together? And I know you like when when we did the show, you were authentically you always, unapologetically, yeah. unapologetically, authentically you always. And I'm assuming you're taking that same approach with coaching. You have to be. Um, one thing that I learned, and this is even as you know, players, and I tell them this all the time, you can't force guys to become one style of a leader or one style of a personality, right? Like not everyone is going to be Tom Brady. Well, you know what I mean? They're not going to be the guy throwing a helmet on the sideline, yelling, all that. There are different styles to leadership. Um, A.J. Hawk was a great leader. A.J. barely talked. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just went about his work. He was going to be first in, last out. He was going to grind. Uh, he was going to win every single sprint or at least give everything he had. And then whenever he did decide to speak, you listened. You know what I mean? Troy Smith was very vocal, you know, but Troy also like could back it up. So there's different ways to go about being a leader. You just have to be authentically you. Like if, if I'm bouncing around, I'm very, um, 
like my personality is not like everybody else's. Uh, but if I'm trying to be all over the top serious all the time, like the guys will sense that it's not authentic, you know? And they, I felt that way as a player. Like I had to be authentically me or else the guys will sense that you're a fake. And that's the last thing you ever want. So I'm, I'm still, um, you know, the same person and bubbly and joking around and messing with the guys all the time. But I think uh, they appreciate that because I try to be consistent with that. And then you have to be consistently positive. Like your, your effort and attitude, I tell them all the time, is what you can control, right? You can't control a lot of things in your life, but you can control your attitude. You control your effort when you go out there. And it's the same thing for coaches. Like what's your energy that you're bringing when you go out in the field? Um, and if you enjoy what you're doing, which obviously I do, I love – then I think it, it's reflected by the way you carry yourself when you walk around the building. Talking to former TV and radio personality and current linebacker coach at Ohio State, James Laurinaitis. Hey, buddy, what what should an Ohio State linebacker be? Oh, man. Well, I, like I said the other day, I think when you come to Ohio State to play linebacker, you got to expect to be the best in the world. Um, if your goals and your expectations um, – are not to, to come in here and win, win the hardware, win the Buckus Award, uh, to be an All-American, to get your tree planted in Buckeye Grove, then, then I think we're searching for the wrong guys. And I think that's the standard. That was certainly the standard when I showed up, not knowing much about this place um, from Minnesota. You looked around, and you're like, well, A.J. Hawk has a tree. He's trying to get you know a second All-American, right? Trying to be mm-hmm. Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Like That's the standard. And the beautiful thing about Ohio State is we've said it, right? We've developed the most first round picks in, in uh, the country, which is great. You know, a lot of the, the D line, the rushmen have had a lot of guys who have won defensive player of the year in the big 10, but there was a time when the linebackers at Ohio state used to win that award. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of the, that's the standard. And we've had um, some really good, you know, I think sometimes there's this narrative that like there hasn't been guys that have come through here. There've been guys that have come through here. You know, when you look at the NFL and you see Malik Harrison, you see Baron Browning, you see Pete Warner, all of that. There's guys that are playing in the league, but we need to get back to um, like who's who's the next guy to bring home that that Buckus Trophy. And not even if they don't bring it home, then who are the guys that are at least up for it? You know what I mean? That are finalists yeah. because that was kind of the expectation was every year there's be some kind of Ohio State guy that was going to be up for that thing. And and I hope that's the goal of all of our guys that are here right now. Because if it isn't, then we then we got a problem. You know, we I, I, we get as soon as Caleb came uh, and and committed and and was was going to be a part of the roster. I started. I'm sure you got a billion of them. I started getting a thousand messages about Sonny. And you look at him and you just go, <laughs> "I see." Yeah, you laugh. I bet you do. Um, he's just a weapon. I mean, he's just a missile. Like you 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 in his ear a little bit about about maybe coming down a little bit. I th- I think this spring, you know, you got to figure out how do we use overall. Like, who are our best 11 players on defense, right? And I think for us, thankfully, we have 14 or 15, mm-hmm. um, maybe even more that deserve to rotate and play. Like, when you start going through and you're trying to really draft, like, who are the top 11 guys? It's tough. It really is tough on kind of how to label them out. And that's why when you talk, talk about Sonny, he has such a unique skill set to where even last year he had some roles where it was linebacker-ish, right? He's out yeah. there covering down in the in the slot, Um but he has obviously a freak athletic ability to to do certain things. And then, you know, he has the ability also to play on the ball. I think with Sonny, we got to figure out this spring. You're trying, to wave, you're trying to wave two things, right, Bo? You're trying to wave what is best for the silver bullets and then what is best for the young man's future. You know what I mean? So you're trying to weigh like, okay, what, what does he project as a player? 
And then also, where's the he best position for us and our scheme? And do those things jive up? And I think there will be some um, flexibility in his game as we go through the spring. Uh, they, oh, that's great at the end, the flexibility in his game. That's good coach speak, brother, right at the end. I like that a lot. I feel like um, that. Like, Come on, man. You know, I'm, you know I'm coached up. Huh? That's very your coach. <laughs> the school of hard knocks, Coach Tress. That was very good at the end. Um, oh, do you I, remember I, I that, you. man? Do you oh remember that? Like, yeah. Tress used to have us, it'd be Dom, like, you and Dom Tiberi would come up during that's camp, right. and it would be like, oh, yeah. it'd be like, hey, um, we're gonna do a little role play here with. Uh, hey, go up there, Bo Bishop. Give uh, yeah. give a young Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Marcus, you just missed. You just dropped coverage against Team Up North. All the cameras are in your face. Go, boom, and yeah. like the freshman would all stutter and all that. And then it'd be like, okay, Bobby Carpenter, come up. You give an answer, and then you know Bob would probably do something like, oh, you know me, I'm never dropping coverage. I had him locked up. You know, <laughs> oh, someone else's fault. But you know, over <laughs> overall. Yeah. Like we we had that training, so yeah. Did, yeah. I mean, we had media training under trust. That was part of you the did. deal. Yeah, that was part of it. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this one, buddy. On a serious note, with you know what it's like from an expectation standpoint and what a pressure standpoint. You're obvi- you walk in that building, you know who's on that roster now, and everything that's yeah. happened in retention, in portal, in recruiting, all of it. Like you guys have crushed it. You've hit a home run as far as you can hit it. Now all you have to do is go win it all. <laughs> so yeah, from from the perspective of how do you make sure in in your part, in your room, and then the defense and the team at large, that a season with this type of pressure can also be enjoyed and be enjoyable? Because you know, I mean, you know the standard, and you know what we're going to do here on a Monday. You guys win by 21 in, in one of the first games of the first month of the season. We're like, why wasn't it 35? You know that's coming. No doubt. Yeah. Well, I think that's why, I think that's why you want to – come to a place like Ohio state, right. Is you want to live under that pressure of the standard to win every single game. Right. And I think coach day says it all the time. You got to beat your rival and then you got to win every other game. And that that's the reality of being at Ohio state. Um, and to be honest, if you're not a part of it, a lot of people around the country don't understand it. You know, when you talk to people outside of it and you're like, man, you talk about the pressure and, and the kind of everything that's, that's on you. They're like, why? You know, these guys have been really successful. It's like, no, we haven't because of the, of, of how we fared against our rivals and that what the standards are of winning big 10 championships and winning national championships here. But if, if we are recruiting the right kids, then they're thriving under that type of expectation, right? If you want to be truly the best in the world at what you do, and you want to have the best team in the world, then this is why you come here for those chances now, you have to remind the kids that, like, you can't just fast forward and get to the playoffs. You know what I mean? There's a journey. The team that we're going to be when we kick off spring ball is hopefully not the team that we are on the first day of camp and hopefully not the team that we are when we kick the season off against Akron. So I think that, to me, is you have to remind them it's about the day-to-day and the, and the process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't skip the process. you got to have your your um, your whole rhythm of a week. Like, what is my routine as I study? What is my routine as I go about my own game? Like, what am I trying to improve on through spring ball? You can't just go through the motions. You got to get the spring ball and be like, I'm going to improve on X, Y, Z. So that's why you make the linebackers do like a goal sheet. Like, okay, what do you, what do you, not only what do you want to improve on? Like, what are your goals for spring ball? But then how are you going to achieve them? You know, like you can just say, Oh, I want to learn the defense better. Okay, great. How, like how, like, does that mean, are we going to watch through these cutups? Are we going to talk? Are you going to draw on the board? Are you going to 
how are you personally going to understand the defense better, right? And so you got to really challenge them to enjoy this process, the day-by-day grind, because at the end, if you do that right and you try to get better day-by-day, by the time we kick off against up north in the shoe, hopefully you know, you're at a point where, where you're ready for that moment because you've done all the little things day-by-day day to get there. You're the best, buddy. Great talking to you. We'll talk soon, obviously. Yeah, man. Hey, what was, the, what was the first Friday? You know what's crazy is I had, real quick, I have, yeah. a, I have a, I got to give you at least one of the three things from our girl Hayden. All right. Give it I know to me. Yeah. Give it to me. Yep. There's, there's nothing like the listeners that blown up to me and they're like, I miss your three things with Hayden. <laughs> and so on the day that I was promoted, yeah, I get home and our home girl goes, poor dad. He got promoted on such a windy day. We had like the 35 <laughs> mile per hour wind gust down here, dude. I'm telling you that girl. And then <laughs> one more, one more for you because I'm not going to do all three, but this one was great. On my phone, I'm watching like some recruit on, like I think it's Tom Lemming, right, on Twitter. And he's like, yeah. some recruit's talking about his top five. And it's like Tennessee. And then he says the M word, right? Yeah. And as he says the M word, Hayden goes, <laughs> he goes, Dad, that's a little off for me. Hearing the M word on your phone, that's not okay. I'm like, Hayden, I didn't, Don't change. I didn't say, okay. At least he's raised right. She's raised right. Don't yeah, ever change, Hayden. Parent-teacher conferences, legit. Legit. They said Hayden tries to make a girl do push-ups if they say the M word in class. I'm like, well, yeah, as she should. That's right. As she should. That's exactly right. There's no. <laughs> Great stuff, brother. Uh, Good talking right, to you, man. my friend. Hey, text, me the, text me the first Friday recommendation, bro. I mean, uh, where's your well, recipe coming out? I'll give it to you. I'm going to give it to you for the... Once you get through this dry February, I'll get you something. I got I got some good stuff so, in the in the I got in the seven days left. I mean, I got like a construction paper little chain link in my office. All right, buddy. Talk soon. <laughs> All right, man. All right. All right. That's uh that's obviously threes, new linebacker coach at Ohio State. Uh a lot's happened since I last did this show. We're gonna catch up coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on the fan. The only radio station still operating with an active booze cart. I'm drunk right now. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. The fan. Ohio sports destination. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. After putting up with Tom Tiberi for a decade, the broadcast gods gave Bo these two. This is Bishop and Friends. Yeah, and hey there, friends. Bo Bishop here, and so is a new year, with the hope of making positive changes in our lives. And if you're among the millions of men suffering from erectile dysfunction, now is the time to do something about it. Tired of the embarrassment, the frustration that comes with suffering from ED? Give my friends at Tri-State Men's Health a call today. So many men out there have mediocre sex lives or just good enough. Maybe you've tried the pills or the supplements. It's not working. But what if it could be better? What could be so much better? Tri-State Men's Health Treatments work where the pills and the herbals fail. They have treatments with success rates over 90%. Some treatments even last an hour or more. Oh, baby. So do yourself a favor. Schedule a consult with Tri-State Men's Health right here. 
Your initial visit, just 99 bucks, includes a medical consult with a licensed medical provider, a T and PSA test, and if medically advised, a test dose. And if that test dose doesn't work, the office visit is free. It's a no-lose, win-win proposition. Give them a call today. Get your sex life back on track, 800-900-9654, or tristatemenshealth.com today for more. Um, so obviously, good seeing you boys again. Uh, lots, lots yes. has happened. It is not Bishop and Laurinaitis. Just so no, everybody knows. Just, just, no, no, no. <laughs> Sorry about what. that. No, no, no. We're, we're all. Everyone's moved. Everyone's in a good spot. Um, so I'm on the plane last Thursday morning, and all of this stuff is happening. James, it, this was all. Most of this was all Thursday, right? James was officially hired Thursday. Holtman was officially fired late when, afternoon Wednesday. Remember, we had the rumor on Wednesday, but we weren't That's sure right. about the That's source. Right. And then right after our yeah. show, things started to escalate. Then yeah. Yarmo fired about thirty minutes into the show Thursday, and James <laughs> promoted in the afternoon on Thursday. Good Lord. So that's a Thursday for you. That was a 24 hour period. And it's funny when you set these vacations, like you, you're thinking, well, middle of February. Super Bowl's over. We're not quite to March Madness. Nice little pocket there. Nothing to see here. Um, on the Holtman firing, it, it had reached the point where I think everybody would have to acknowledge that it was coming. Now, I think most people thought it would happen at the end of the year. Probably even Coach Holtman himself thought it would happen at the end of the year based on where they had been for two consecutive years. It just wasn't good enough. It wasn't up to the standard. He would be the first to admit that it was not up to the standard. He'd be the first to admit that the roster was not as good as it should have been, that the majority of their minutes and points were coming from freshmen and sophomores, that they weren't as good in the portal as they needed to be. Um, all of those things are facts. Those, none of that has anything to do with anything else. I think it was probably a surprise for him that he was terminated in season. I think that was probably uh, a surprise for him. I think Gene's press conference um, and the way that, that Gene handled it let made it plainly obvious that that was a very tough decision for Gene to make. Um, you could argue the timing of it all you want, but after you beat Purdue here over the weekend, then you say to yourselves, well, there was certainly a jolt that came from the hiring. Um, there was a weight that came with with Coach Holtman still being here from the standpoint of when was it going to happen? Bruce has alluded to this several times this season of as soon as he got here, it was like, well, when's Holtman going to get fired? Like there's a weight that comes with that that you have to acknowledge, and I think that weight was lifted when it actually happened. Um, look, he is, he is the best dude, and I know there are critics out there who will say, I don't, I don't really care what type of dude he is. Well, I don't really care if you don't care. <laughs> okay? He's a great guy. And he did more behind the scenes than you'll ever know. And he did a lot for um, a lot of people. And he's easy to root for. And he's a good human being. But there is no question that on the basketball court and with the roster and the program that it's been the last two years, that he did fail in that regard. And that that's just facts. That is what it is. And that the standard that it has been expected here had not been reached for a couple of years consecutively. And I think they tried to find a way to, I think sometimes maybe they talk themselves into players or talk themselves into their development. And, and maybe we all did too. We were pretty excited at 12 and two and, and thinking, okay, you go be a very good Alabama team down in their neck of the woods. Maybe that'll travel, but there was something that didn't travel for a couple of years consecutively when it came to big 10 play. They just weren't equipped for it, and quite frankly, they weren't good enough. We did a show probably three weeks ago. It was after one of those brutal losses. It might have been the Indiana loss. I mean, the Indiana loss here was awful. Gave up 18-point lead, yeah. Brutal. The Indiana loss in Bloomington was brutal, um, and 
and you, you, the writing was on the wall at that point. And we, we said, we came on here and say, look, like they just don't have enough dudes. They don't, they're not good enough. They're not, they're, they're not good enough to where this is a team that can withstand the, what comes with big 10 play. Um, and so I, I think it was inevitable that he was going to be, that he was going to be terminated at the end of the season. I think that's plainly clear based on what's happened the last two years. I think he knew it. Um, but it doesn't mean that I don't wish that it would have gone different for him. Okay. So that's, that's the reality of, of where it is. It didn't. And this is a big boy deal. And, and now he'll go coach somewhere else. And now Ohio State's going to have to figure out what the next coach ought to be. I think, I think the, and we'll get into that as the show goes along. I think the biggest thing, if, if you're looking at where did this get off the rails, it went off the rails in recruiting first and foremost. Um, it went off the rails in talent retention, secondly, and it went off the rails in terms of misses in the portal. They didn't get dudes in the portal the way that other schools in the Big Ten did. And that's what leads to where they were. Now, I'm thrilled for Jake Diebler that he had the moment he had against Purdue. I'm thrilled for the players and everybody around the program that they got that big moment. That's awesome. Um, but there are big things that need to be fixed with the program going forward. And I think, I think that's also plainly obvious. And now it's Ross Bjork's first thing. And maybe that was part of the timing, too, that they didn't want his first thing because he's supposed to get here in March and kind of work alongside yeah. of Gene Smith. That, like, hey, the first thing you do is a couple weeks into actually showing up at Ohio State, you're firing the basketball coach. So now it's hiring a basketball coach for him. But I agree with you. While it seemed that the ultimate thing was there, the timing of like at the end of the season, they could have fired him. But this timing was a little weird, but it didn't change the fact that he was going to get let go this year. I think he knew it. He knew. Yeah. I mean, um, and you also can't argue that it worked. Like they did, get, yeah. they got a big jute, they got a big bump out of it. The way they played against Purdue over the weekend, that's inspired play. And I do think the weight of it being lifted, that yoke of will, will your coach be fired? That's heavy to walk around with that. And it got lifted and they played free, played aggressive, played great. So let's see if they can keep it moving and have a little fun here at the end of February and in the early part of March. We'll get more into in terms of what they need to hire or what they need to look for with the next coach as the show goes along. Uh, coming up next, some, some pretty big news on the college football side of things in terms of what the playoff format will look like. We'll get into that coming up next. Bishman Friends right here on The Fan. Bobby Carpenter doesn't have a mullet, but he's knee-deep in mullet energy. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Us. Watch up. What's up, man? What's up with you? All right, here's what's up on a Thursday edition of the program. Big things coming on the college football side of things. The 12-team playoff is set, so it's a 5-plus-7 format, so they, it'll be five conference champions, and they are not acknowledging the Pac-2 as one of them, correct? That's no. the way I read that this morning, so they are not. one of those is not guaranteed in. If one of them's ranked high enough, then theoretically they can get in in the first couple of years of this of this 12-team model. But what this assures is that a group of five team will be in. So this assures that part of it. Go ahead, Chops. You know what's an interesting note on that is they won't call it that. They just say five highest-ranked 
conference champions. They will not codify that there is a group of five and a power conference group. Power four and group of group of what is it now? It's, I guess it's power four and six? group of five. Well, a group of six if you count pack twelve. There's still just like five I, of them. Call them legends and leaders. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Give the, yeah, give the the coach of the year to to Big Ten stalwart Tom Osborne. Let the Tom Osborne coach of the year. We can do that too. Um, okay, so they're going five plus seven. This allows for them to get out of antitrust issues. Uh, with they're saying we're inclusive, we're inclusive, we're inclusive. Um, so they got that locked up, and I, I'm not I'm not surprised by this. I, I thought this is this makes sense to where it would go for now because here's what they're doing: they are dipping their toe into what's coming. But they're not jumping in head first yet. Um, I think we all know what's coming. Um, but they're right now they're just dipping their toe in. And so I think for the next couple of years, um, this makes all the sense in the world to go, uh, f- five highest ranked conference champions and then plus seven. Now the makeup of that is fascinating. And I would be, this is one of the few, th- I find most of these meetings to be nonsensical. These, these Marriott white tablecloth meetings that these guys have. This one I would pay to have been in. Because I'm very curious, I would be very curious to know, like, how Sankey and Petiti, what their tone is like in these meetings. How forceful are they with their agenda? And then all of a sudden, Jim Phillips of the ACC starts talking, and they're like, really? Do you have a seat at the big boy table? Like, how much voice does he get in these things, Reese? I'd thought about it. Like, I wonder if they did, if Sankey and Petiti made them all do bore on the floor. Where it's an ab- it's a succession type dinner where you have the two they they make up the Logan Roy character and everyone else has to beg and pander to the kings uh, to get any type so of was, argument across. So Tom, so Tom would be the ACC would be Tom, cousin Greg would be the Big Twelve, um, and then that's it. Well, who the hell's going to be Carl? Everybody else? <laughs> I guess who's somebody's got five. Group of five is Carl. Doesn't cousin Greg more, make more sense as the Pack Two? He does. Pack two or group of six or whatever they are now. Like that group, that would be Carl could be the ACC probably. And Tom at that point in the show would be the, probably be the Big 12. Um, you know, it's going to go away though as these meetings continue on. Uh, the idea of the unanimous vote because Kirk Schultz, the Washington state president has held up some things trying to get yeah. the best for them and they're going to make rules that that's not the case anymore. It's going to be more of a majority rule, I think, going forward. There's no question. Um, the other things, there's still a great many things that need to be resolved here in terms of, of what this could get sorted out. Um, there's going to be some distribution things that we're going to have to deal with when it comes to the distribution of money. Um, and then, of course, they can't help themselves, right? Because they get in this meeting and they're all making so much money and ESPN gives them all this money and we're just swimming in cash all the while complaining about NIL and complaining about free transfer. But give us more, give us more, give us more. And then they're like, you know what? It would be great. If we had more TV shows, we could sell even more than that. What if we had 14 teams? My God, what if we had 16 teams? My God, that'd be eight more. Think of all the shows we could make, all the television shows, and they would pay us for this. And then we would be able to to, to line our coffers. And so they did this. They talked about a 14-team playoff. They talked about a 16-team playoff. Um, and this is where it's headed. And as long as there's money for it, and guess what? There's always going to be more money for it because there are two things that are certainties in American uh, entertainment right now, and that's the NFL and college football. They deliver, period. And so if you can create more of those things, they will pay for it. Um, coming up at 11, we'll get into like, I mean, they got big things they got to sort out from a, from a calendar standpoint. But 16 is is the logical place. 
that's eventually, I mean, they're going to get there. And the question is, do they get there by 2026? But the fact that they floated this and the, fl- the fact that most of us are making fun of the fact that they floated it, this is where they're headed. Sometimes they'll just tell the truth out loud. And that's what I think is what's happening here. It came out late last week. The uh, Matt commissioner, actually, somebody found an email that he had sent to constituents that said the ESPN deal has not been finalized yet. And then throughout this week, when they started their meetings, it's still being reported that it's on the table. Who knows if ESPN wants to leave it on the table forever? But if they start having conversations about adding games and more teams to the playoff, well, then I think you get ESPN to go, okay, we can revisit this idea and we can keep it open while you solve that. Because, hey, that's that's two more games for them to put on. What I don't like about it is, reportedly, Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, and presumably also the SEC would want this as well, they want four automatic qualifiers each, reportedly, again. This is just coming out of the meeting. They want four automatic qualifiers each for their conference. In the 12 or the 14? In the 14. If they go to 14. And I'm like, they want I, eight. I understand that they want to secure their guys in, but can't you just go along with the assumption that you will have all those people in instead of making it so that automatically eight big ten? That seems weak to me. Your teams are better. They will be ranked that high. You don't need to make it automatic. Oh, but everybody's got to acknowledge. Like it's the it's on the floor. It's such a power. It's such a member measuring contest, and every discussion with that is going to be a an attempt at least sometimes implied sometimes explicit by the two to say here's what we can here's what we control here's what you must ask of us before you want to do anything i'm curious bo to get your thoughts on how notre dame felt about the five plus seven news do they think that they benefit because they don't have to play a conference championship game anyway so they get a, a a buy and then wherever they end up either hosting a game or going on the road for the first round, like what is it does it matter to the Irish now with this? I don't think it does right now. I think right now they're most fiercely protective of their independence more than anything else. But I do think you're coming to you're gonna get to a point. Now it could be by twenty twenty six where they do feel like they have to have a home. Um, that home, the logical home, obviously, would be the Big Ten, and I think they would see that that way as well. I mean, their their biggest rivals are in the conference now with USC. So, um, to me, by twenty six, are the Irish in a conference? It feels like how long can you be on the outside looking in on this? And by the way, if you're in the college football playoff committee, why do you even need to invite them? Why do they even need to be there? Why do they get a seat at the table? Kindly leave. Their AD is still on the the board of managers. It's crazy. Like they don't need to. You don't need to invite them. They're not necessary anymore. You know. So I think you could play hardball with them if you want and and force them um, into a conference very quickly. If it's at sixteen, I it's funny. Like I agree with you. I understand your point from the standpoint of they need to like have it in writing that they're getting four automatic bids. You're going to get them anyway. Yeah. Like you don't. I don't understand why you have to say that. Say that out loud. Um, I think you're probably right, Reese, in terms of why they have to. Um, but if it's a 16 team playoff, to me, 10 of them are going to be Big Ten and SEC. And then the rest are going to be the scraps. Well, if they make I mean, it so that they each get four, that's already eight. Then they'd only need two. At two four, more to get to 16. At and 14, it's, it's like, why not just do Big Ten SEC tournament? Then? Well, that's kind of where, because here's the next part of this. And we, we warned you about this years ago when Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC before we got, uh, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. The, the narrative was going to be very plainly stated by Sankey. Nine and three in my league's better than 12 and 0 in yours. It's tougher here. We play better teams and that's what they're going to do. That's where they're headed. Um, and it's, it is, it's accurate. It is tough. These two leagues are going to be a full day 
when you when you play. They're, and the SEC is playing the hits. And I don't know how the ACC and Big 12 survive all of this. Because this is the gap is only going to get bigger and bigger, and their power is only going to get less and less with every passing year. Uh, we'll get into some of the some of the logistics that a sixteen or fourteen team playoff would have coming up at eleven. Uh, one of the other things I missed: apparently, we fired a general manager here in town. So we'll get to that as coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. This promo is brought to you by Common Man and Timmy Hall's ping pong game. The fan. Pull up a stool and ask the bartender for something neat because Uncle Bo is on the radio. This is Bishop and Friends. And we are sponsored by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, fast, sustainable weight loss without medication. Solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Um, so, in addition to all of the other things, we also have a new general. Well, we don't have a new general manager. We no longer have Yarmo Kekalainen running the Columbus Blue Jackets. They won last night in Anaheim as they they quite literally are playing out the string. I mean, there's not a whole lot to pay attention to. Um, this does make the rest of the season interesting. Um, it does make this offseason very interesting. Um, Yarmo Kekalainen had an incredible run as um, from the standpoint of the standard was so low. And so the most success that the franchise ever had was under his stewardship and under John Davidson's uh, stewardship. That success was still a very low bar. I mean, you're, you're talking about one playoff win. Um, you had the other one in the bubble against, against Toronto, but you're, you're basically um, putting it all on that, that, that win against Tampa Bay when you're the eight seed and, and they're the one. And that was, that was kind of the, the crowning moment of it. I think that the thing that was so, that's so hard when you look back on that is that roster was one that was built for sustained success. It was a young, hulking roster with a superstar in Panarin, and there was no reason from our side of it that that couldn't have been just the beginning of things to come. Um, but it all crumbled. And one of the criticisms of, of Yarmo Kekalainen would be that when it came to his negotiating tactics, um, and I don't know that if it, there would have been somebody else in that position, would it have gone differently? I don't know. Uh, but he, he would very often take a very hard line with when it came to contracts and that was PLD. And I don't know if there was ever anything you could have gotten, um, for Panarin, but it was pretty plainly obvious he was not going to sign up here long term. Um, and then what you got was what we thought would be a full, and this was when John had left. He had gone to, to run the Rangers at that time. Yarmo was given the keys to the castle entirely, um, ran everything. And what we, what we thought was that we would get a down to the, down to the, the screws, and nuts and bolts rebuild of the Blue Jackets. And then they stumbled into Johnny Gaudreau. And, and all of a sudden, Patrick Laine comes around. And neither of those things have hit. You just miss out on Bedard. But Fantilli looks like he's going to be good. The The issue that, that they have to have uh, going forward is you have to find somebody who, and I, I think this is one of the more fair criticisms that, that I have of, of Yarmo, is it always felt to me like the guys he in many instances, the players he drafted or even the players he signed or acquired, talking about Gaudreau and Line, did not fit with the style of play that they wanted to play and what the identity they wanted the hockey team to be. You know, they the, the hockey team that they that they they stumbled into that that was that that knocked out Tampa Bay with Josh Anderson and PLD and Seth Jones. I mean that that was a a hulk a hulking physical team with Bob and Nett and Panarin flying all over the place. That that team kind of had like a 
will meet you in the back alley feel to it. They bullied Tampa Bay in that series, and they bullied Toronto the following year. But the the players they acquired after that run, that little mini run, they didn't fit that at all. So what they want, the players they acquired drafted did not fit what I think they thought the DNA of the organization was. So like, and they always wanted to go hardline. Every coach they wanted to have was hardline. Like that, that from torts, uh, they went, they went off of hardline quickly, but they, they were going to go right back to it this year with Babcock before that was derailed. So they want this hardline physical blue collar thing, but the players they acquire, the players they draft to me don't fit that. And on top of that, organizationally, it doesn't feel like they were ready to admit that, like, hey, we're not good and we have to restart. It was always coming out with the idea of reload instead of rebuild. And that never came together. I agree with you on the coaches. It's, you know, you bring in some of these players that are going to be a bit more skillful, maybe a a bit more finesse. And yet you just keep going down the John Tortorella coaching tree for two different hires with a little instance of Mike Babcock in there who was going to be hard-nosed too, yeah. but he didn't even make it to training camp of it, and that that's on your shoulders too. Um, as far as like the players that, that they couldn't hold on to, at the time, it feels like, okay, maybe you don't want to pay an aging goalie like Bob as much as, as he wanted, but I think as we've seen everything go on in net, that you probably should have just stuck with Bob. You should have paid him. Like, What's the money for that the organization has yeah. if you're not going to offer it to somebody who's capable of winning a Vesna trophy in, in the crease? So it the things never came together, and now that they have a good young core, they at least don't have to like fully strip it down, and it's already kind of halfway there to being stripped down, and you already have a young core, but this trade deadline that's coming up on March 8th, just get some picks, get some guys out of here and get it and just accept that it's going to probably be another bad year next year, but hopefully come out on, uh, come out a better team and one that competes for things that aren't just the eighth seed in the East. I had asked uh, several people after, so it was Yarmo gets dismissed and then JD holds a press conference. It was Thursday at 933. Like we actually had some news break on this program. (laughs) Uh, JD holds a press conference at 9.33. Mike Priest actually gets called upon to answer a question, and it absolutely looked like he had no idea like he was going to even be speaking that day. And then I asked some friends who are just casual Blue Jackets fans who know you know who Yarmo is. You know who John Davidson is. You know who uh, Pascal Vincent is. Do you know who Mike Priest is? And right. all of them were like, well, no, who's who's that guy? I was like, well, he's the team president. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting. I, I'm almost with certainty Mike Priest will be back next year but jd had back surgery and then i think prolonged yarmo's tenure by a little bit because they couldn't make the decision until jd was back on his feet so he's coming off back surgery yarmo's gone jd's assuming interim gm responsibilities we talked to aaron portsline who kind of floated the idea of a jd retirement at the end of this season feels like it's inevitable who's gonna be uh, who makes so the the gm gets hired and then do they go for a new vp of hockey ops and then what about the head coach like this whole front office or like could be different completely in five months well and beyond that like even ownership like are they is ownership still interested in owning the blue jackets who's really in charge over there they are yeah but of course he does I, i don't know i mean i you know, who knows how, how interested all of that is. So this will be a very fascinating off season for them for, for varying reasons. Um, all right. Coming up next, it is a Thursday. We will get to your emails. Um, the college football playoff calendar is an absolute mess. Uh, Paul Feinbaum coming up at 1033 Bishop and friends right here on the fan. 
common man and T-bone are idiots. You should listen to them anyway. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio's idiot destination. If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, second hour here on a Thursday, Thursday, 10 o'clock. We hit the emails. Hit it, boys. Our comment box is always open. Any feedback is mostly appreciated. The mail never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up. It's relentless. Every day it piles up more and more and more. you got to get it up. And the more you get out, the more it keeps coming in. Again, again, again. Bishop and Friends present emails. That's pretty good. I like Newman in there. That's very good. I like that it's just called emails. <laughs> That's it what, is it, what is. it is. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Newman with the mail. He can't, he, what are you supposed to do? It just keeps coming. Um, all right. Uh, many of you. I don't know. Uh, Coach Holtman must have. Uh, Chris Holtman must have stolen many of your high school girlfriends. I don't, the vitriol is amazing. Um, and, yeah, he didn't win enough. He got fired. You win. He, yep. he got fired. That's it. I mean, everything, those of you who wanted it, you got it. I still um, stand by the, the, the fact that it got to this point and it was the right decision to fire Holtman this season. Does yeah. that mean that everybody who said to fire him two years ago was right? No. You can't, it's, like, the error that, my opinion that. that we shouldn't have fired him then was wrong. I think we can all agree, though, that the extension was probably the wrong choice. Yes, and I, well, Gene's acknowledged that as yeah. much. Uh, this this from Sean. Um, he writes, <laughs> "This is a, they're always fun when they have this type of uh, a tagline in the email." Can't wait to hear the three hour tribute to what a nice guy Chris Holtman is. <laughs> That's the subject. Uh, <laughs> so then he follows the subject. He just says, "The hell with it." I'm going to make that the first line of the email. Can't wait to hear the three hour tribute to what a nice guy Chris Holtman is, and how it apparently is impossible for Ohio State to be good at football and any other sport. Just be sure not to mention the number two women's team in the same segment. Man, I th- you, you guys, some of you guys have selective listening. Uh, at no point did anybody say that it's impossible for Ohio State to be good at just at football and not at any other sport. The one thing that we did say is to be elite at the two revenue-generating sports is damn near impossible. How many programs do it? Nobody. It just doesn't happen. You have these little tiny windows, Florida in the 2000s. I'm talking about elite. I'm talking about blue blood elite. I'm saying go chase national championships in both. It's damn near impossible to do it. Alabama was close last year. Um, they were a one seed. They you know, played for the national title, always in the mix with football. You can do it for like a year or two, but sustained, it's almost impossible. Um, and so I, when I think, and, and by the way, we've, we've talked about uh, Coach McGuff's team quite a bit and have said that they are without question, without question, there's no doubt they are the, they are the team that has stolen the hearts of this city this spring. Like, there's no, there's no doubt about it. You see it in attendance. We had Coach on a couple of weeks ago. Now, for him, the job will be, hey, let's go make a run. Let's go make a run. That's the that's the next part of it. Um, and and certainly, uh, there's there's a, a, a way to be good at, at a great many sports. But at the two revenue generating, it's almost impossible. It just really hasn't happened uh, to be able to do that. I, I do think that the Ohio State job, to me, is the expectation should be win the Big Ten every five to six years, make the NCAA tournament cons- consistently, get to a Final Four once a decade, and consistently be in the Sweet 16. I mean, yeah. if, it, if, if you're in the NCAA tournament 10 times, seven of them, you better get to the Sweet 16. That's it. Um, you've only won one national championship ever in the sport. Is in the 60s. 1960. Long time. Long, long time. 
So the idea that you can be Kentucky, it's never going to happen. You're not going to be that. You're not going to be Kansas. You're not that. But you are entitled to far more than what you've been the last two years. And you are entitled to maybe not the peak of the Mata era because, as I've said a billion times, there's a bunch of factors that led to that. Kentucky being down, Indiana being down, among chief among them. Um, and I don't know if that will ever be replicated. But you are entitled to certainly getting to a Final Four once a decade. That, I don't give absolutely. a damn what you think you are entitled to. <laughs> You're entitled to making the tournament nine out of ten years. So that those standards weren't being met. It's great that you use the word peak for the Thad Mata era because those that's exactly what they are. You don't get to the peak and there's just endless land in front of you. It's the peak of a mountaintop. So you want those peaks throughout the season. The difference is under Holtman now, the plateau average had not been at the right spot. That had been below where it needs to be, what the expectations you were talking about, about yep. making the Sweet 16 pretty consistently, making the tournament basically every year and having a Final Four run here and there for the Buckeyes. And that kind of stuff is possible for Ohio State. And there's going to be also the in that a few pocket years where it's not so great, but it can't get consistently over years where it looks like how it got under, under Holtman's regime. So... I, I get that, but there's not a way to just go out there and hire a coach. And if you're always chasing that, you're not even going to get to the expectation you listed. If you're always chasing Kentucky, you're going to always be upset with your coach. And you're always going to be firing coaching. You're always going to be starting over. And you're not going to have any continuity. And you're not going to go anywhere. That's what Indiana has been for 20 years. Or maybe longer. What? 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 Go ahead, Reese. Well, I just say, I swear to God, this is the last time I'm going to do this. So the 2019 LSU football team won the national championship, right? Mm-hmm. The 2019 LSU basketball team went 21 and 10, 12 and 6 in SEC play. Would have made the tournament had it not been canceled. Yeah, Will Wade was the head coach of the uh, LSU Tigers basketball team. Then he wants oh. Will Wade. Make the call. Where's Will Wade now? McNeese State. Oh, I like. I do like that. The Cowboys are I, I dancing. Did. They're going to win the SLC title. I'm just Didn't saying they're run? dancing in March. Didn't he get run because of the uh, same stuff set. Bill Self got an extension for? Well, no, well, they, you're not wrong. They didn't fire him initially for that. There was something else. I can never remember what it was. There was they got like another year or two after he <laughs> so, was caught on FBI wiretap saying, "What does it cost to get this uh, player?" But then something that? else got him in, and they, they used that and wrapped it in and fired him. So I've missed that Reese's that Reese's staked his. My new thing. Uh, you, you've hitched your way. This is your thing as well, Wade. All right. So I've missed this. I feel like I've missed a lot. Um, so, what, I guess when you look around the country, like just in your head, just say, that's what Buckeye basketball should be, right? So, what's the answer to that? Should Buckeye basketball be Illinois basketball? To me, that seems fair. Yeah. I mean, Illinois has been good. They're good most of the time. You know, they're in the tournament a lot. Um, is it is it Kansas State basketball? Make a run to a Final Four? Make a run to an Elite Eight? Is that kind of... The sweet spot? What what should it be? Is it Texas? Texas basketball? What they've been over the last decade or so? Those are probably the... I mean, you just kind of go around the conferences and you can kind of pick out the places when you say, okay, well, this is what should be. But it, it's, not, it's not Kansas. No. It, it's not that. There's a bunch of things that work against them that... It, that's why I think this hire, it's... Boy, you got to get a dog in recruiting. You got to get a dog. And I don't... I don't know from a, from the standpoint of if if there's enough there for from a, from it to be like head coach, but you need like and he was just here Sunday. Like you need Scooney Pens on the Memphis Grizzlies staff 
That guy needs to be on the staff. That's that you need that type of passion. I mean, do you guys remember the impact he had in in recruiting? Do you remember the the videos? Do you remember all of the stuff that was happening? I mean, he was a big reason why they got Malachi Branham. Like, you need somebody like that who bleeds it, who knows how to sell it. You need somebody like that in the program. Don't worry, Bo. I already started that because I was at the game Sunday, and our seats are actually in the club level, not in one of the boxes, just the club oh, level normal seats. But that's where those guys were hanging out. You know, they were on the court at one point, but they were up yeah. there. I walked by Scooney, and I said, "Hey, Scooney, how you doing?" He looked at me like, "Who the hell is this guy?" But he was nice <laughs> enough to say hi back. Did you say I'm Chops? I did not say I'm Chops. Our he Uber driver to the game did recognize me, though. There you go. There said you your go. voice sounds familiar. Uh, this is from uh, Jared. A uh, little over a month until Selection Sunday on March 17th. Ohio State is looking for a new head men's basketball coach after his firing. Uh, this is from yet last week. Chris Holtman exits. He gives the record. Now the question is, who will it be? And then he gives a list of, of some of the odds on who it will be. So Will Wade for you, Reese. That's And, yep. and who do you who you got, Chops, in this? I don't have anybody that I have the passion about <laughs> that research seems to have for, for Will Wade. Um, but I'm just open to the names. We were talking about Chris Gent yesterday and i like the idea of somebody who who has been here he's been an assistant here he's been an assistant in the nba for a long time because a lot of people are like well he doesn't have the experience of college and it's like yeah but there's a lot of college coaches who have the experience and aren't good at transfer portal and nil and the recruiting basis of it so i'm not going to write a guy off just because he's never done it that he can't have that skill yeah it's very possible i like lamont paris a lot that's Um, a popular one too yeah i like i like what he's done at south carolina he's got ohio ties um, and I mean, he's he's a culture tornado. He's done it two years quickly at South Carolina, um, and they're going to be a tournament team this year. They're dangerous, and um, I, I like that name. But you need to have a dog for sure. You need to have someone who can go sell it and who can get out and and get keep the best players in this state. And then you're going to need the collectives to throw a little cash your way so that you can get the guys that you need to get because that's the job now. Right, is that you're at the very highest level if you want those type of players. Um, this one is from Shay. Uh, is it reasonable that if the Cavs draft Bronny, it allows for LeBron to sign as a free agent for the vet minimum, ride the bench, and beat James Jones for two years? Another coach who also runs with the second unit for 12 minutes a night. At like what? <laughs> LeBron's still one of the best players in the league. I don't think he's he's not there yet, buddy. Didn't uh, that was kind of the role like, of like Jawan Howard him. on those Heat teams? Not that yeah, he's LeBron, well, but that's what he was doing. Yeah, Udonis Haslam did LeBron that too. LeBron had run second team on any team on anybody ever in Don't the NBA. He's, he's probably done before it comes to that, right? And Bronny's. Not I would a, say so. Bronny's not an know. NBA player, right? Which is fine. Well, and the thing he's too, averaging like, six a game at SC. Like, come on. From a, I understand that we're dealing with all the players resting and everything in the NBA, but from a business standpoint, can LeBron James really be on a roster and not start or not play significant no. minutes for a team? No. I don't think the NBA would like that. And I don't think the Players Association would like LeBron James taking a vet minimum contract. There's no way that happens. It's a fun scenario, but <laughs> like, let's, let's just think of a world where LeBron's sixth man of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, also... And by the way, like whether Bronny can be an NBA player or not is is up for debate, certainly. Um, but I would argue that maybe one of the worst things would be playing with his dad. 
I think that would be a terrible way to be introduced to your professional life and you're on the road with yeah. this team and your dad's there all the time and you're 20 years old. That's Yeah, the, he wants to go out Brian, and live. you want to go to the club? No, my dad says I got to go practice with him. We got a 9.30 bedtime. I have to room with my dad. Jeez. Like, there's a chance the Cavaliers could pick him because they'll be always in that spot of just, eh, they'll have somebody and it'll be either a G League Ignite yeah. guy or a guy from overseas that you've never heard of. Because we'll be picking in the twenties, but it's not going to be Bronny, and I don't see any scenario LeBron James coming back to Cleveland just to ride the pine. I think it's pretty unlikely that Bronny's in the NBA draft this season. People still seem Probably to be holding not. on that like that's going to happen. Like he's coming off of a cardiac event, and he's not playing like lights out for USC. He's probably somebody who would actually benefit both financially and and personally and his game from playing another year of college basketball. I'm sure he would benefit from that tremendously on, on all fronts. Like, his NIL's got to be huge. I imagine that. It's it's pretty nice. I mean, he already had a Nike deal yeah. when he was coming to USC, and now he's actually on the court for a college team. Yeah, you're seeing that, by the way, in um, the you're seeing that in high school basketball where they the sneaker companies are identifying these kids. Um, that Darren Peterson kid from the Akron area, who's, mm-hmm. he plays for like, uh, Huntington prep or something like that. He got a huge deal with Adidas. And so Ohio, state of Ohio wouldn't allow name, image and likeness for high school kids. So they found him a place to go play so he could cash his check. 16 years old millionaire, man. Oh, Ohio high school sports always doing the right thing. They're always doing the right things. Uh, last one from Mark. He's, uh, he, he thoroughly enjoys the show. He's wrote some very nice things. And Mark, we thank you very much for your email and, and your constant listenership. Very much appreciated. Nick Saban has some things to say about meaningful change in the sport of college football. We'll get to that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. With friends like these, who needs former college football players? This is Bishop and Friends. No better time to sign up for Tipico Sportsbook and get in on the betting action. You got the hoops, the hockey, the biggest college hoops tournament in the world coming in just a couple of weeks. It's right around the corner. Plenty of games to bet on and win big. Take advantage of those massive odds boosts for the biggest payouts. Try new parlays where you can pick how many legs you need to hit and cash in on your bets, even if you miss a leg or two. Claim the new sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get your bonus. Download the Tipco Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. Nick Saban with some comments um, about trying to impact meaningful change in the sport. He says, quote, if my voice can bring about some meaningful change, I want to help in any way I can because I love the players. I love college football. What we have now is not college football, not college football as we know it. You're somebody used the word student athlete. That doesn't exist. Well, no kidding. I mean, we've been talking about that for a very, very long time. Um, now, here's the part of it, though. Well, let me just finish with this and, and this one couple more quotes here from Nick. Uh, I'm not really looking for a job, but I do know I'd like to impact college football the best way I can, whether it's being a spokesperson or anything else. Listen, I'm for the players. It's not that I'm not for the players. I want to see the players have a great quality of life, be able to create value for themselves. But we've gone to nobody talking about education, nobody talking about creating value for their future. It's talking only about how much money I can make while I'm in college. Um, and, and this is the, the, the thing that I think is, is fascinating. This is the, 
the NFL part of it here that he goes, and he said this before. He says, quote, just like an NFL player has a contract or a coach has a contract, something in place so you don't have all this rating of rosters and mass movement, I wonder what fans are going to say when they don't even know the team from year to year because there's no development of teams just bringing in new players every year. He said it all. He said all the accurate stuff. He's been saying this stuff for a couple of years. He got in hot water when he said the stuff about Jimbo's class a couple of years ago, which was all accurate and all above board. And Jimbo was irrationally pissed off about it, which made no sense because he was just taking advantage of the laws of his state. So he's been truth telling on this for a while. And all of that can be true. And it can also be true that he's part of the problem because when you make the type of money that this entity makes and you have free labor, because they're not paying them off of the revenue that they make, this is where it was headed. I, I said this a decade ago. We were talking about this. AR and I were. You had two choices. You either had to pay the players a share, a revenue-generating share, get them under contract, make sure that the contracts are binding the same way that a coach's contract would be binding, um, and, and you either needed to do that or you needed to give the money back. Stop taking the money. Yeah, if they're going to be student athletes, then you need to be. Then you need to be, you need to be faculty coach, and you make faculty coach sixty thousand dollars a year. You give get back. Make what a professor makes. Make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, uh, coaching the ball team. That's fine. Don't make eleven million a year. So everybody got fat. Everybody got rich, and there's really this was always inevitable. And for a guy like Saban, who who did it really for he he went from. He through the really the apex of the sport. Honestly, his his career at Alabama coincides directly with the meteoric rise of the sport and its popularity, and the fact that it became the second most popular sport in this country over the last decade or so. Um, all of those things happened while he was at Alabama, and then it ends when the sport is in a, a state of of quite a bit of chaos at the moment. And the best example of it is probably his own roster that he left at Alabama that was raided. That, that, I mean, that happened as soon as he left, and all of a sudden, Caleb Downs is a Buckeye. Yay us, right? I mean, that's a win for everybody. Um, but that's the way that this situation works. So he's kind of seen it from, if you go all the way back to when he was uh, at Toledo and, and that far back, even at Michigan State and through, you know, the money he made at Michigan State dwarfs what he was, what he ended up making at Alabama in the end, making $11, $12 million a year. So there's just no way to have your cake and eat it too. He did for a time, but that time is coming to an end. And then I just don't have any stomach for hearing about the idea of like, oh, these kids aren't worried about their education and their future. As somebody who was in college within the last 10 years, I can tell you that outside of, you know, like doctor, lawyer, maybe accountant, your major doesn't really matter. Degree is a checklist item. As long as these kids get their degrees, it does not matter how many schools they were at, what degree it really even is. It is a checklist thing nowadays. So, yeah, you should still prioritize them getting their degree, but the idea that education is that important? No. If you have the opportunity to make tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars during your time being a college athlete, that is the decision you should make 10 times out of 10. 100%. Yeah, I'm just... <clears throat> the idea, what was it? Uh, Charlie Baker, new NCAA boss, mm -hmm. like came out yesterday and said, well, the coaches can move freely, so I think the players should be able to move freely. That's like, wait a minute. That's a very different tone ever taken by an NCAA boss before. Like, are we, are we now getting even closer to just making it or treating these guys like we treat everybody else? What I think is fascinating is how do you, um, we saw this a little bit with the, um, 
which was the, oh, it was Harbaugh leaving Michigan. Um, so they, they were actually still worried a little bit about the academic calendar with the transfers. Like he waited so long to go to the NFL that they were so far into the semester that the kids couldn't leave. So they're still like adhering to some sort of academic calendar a little bit. And so they're still trying to mix that in when they can. And the kids do have to attend classes, but like how many, like what's the minimum to stay eligible? What does that even look like? Remember when Fields was here, he never even went to class on campus. It was all yeah. online. I it also I don't think Saban is quite in this group, but it's a lot of people who have loud voices in college football and maybe even leadership positions in college football that say these things that sound altruistic and that they want to fix the game. But to me, what just what we talked about in the first hour with the college football playoff and what Petiti and Sankey sure. want for it. No, they're not interested in doing what's best for college football. They're interested in doing what's best for them and their constituents. That that's the truth here. And so Saban's like, oh, I don't. I don't think I'd be ready to control it and be in charge of a position like that. Sure, but I just think that anything that he suggests is going to be stuff that prioritizes and helps out Alabama and teams in the SEC. That's what I truly think would happen there. And that's why, yeah, he probably shouldn't have that job. I don't know who, everybody says they're looking out for the, quote, student athlete, but I don't really see it from any of the leadership. No, they. what you see from the leadership is give us more. We like money. And keep it in our pockets. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you see from leadership at the NCAA. And up until this point, and it's still happening, although they continue to get battered in court. And that's something that uh, Ross Bjork talked about. That's something that Petiti's talked about, about, man, we can't still be in this litigation, constantly in litigation. Like, this is costly, too. Um, and they are reaching a point where it's a loss, it's a loss, it's a loss in court. Eventually, you have to stop fighting that. And you have to come up with a real solution. Up until this point, and it's still ongoing, it's always been you make more money than the lawsuits cost. So it's beneficial to just keep fighting it in court and just kind of keep pushing the can, kicking the can down the, down the road. Uh, but we're reaching the point where the road is ending and you're losing and losing and losing over and over and over again in court. There has to be real change. And the fact that Baker said that, the fact that Petiti's talked this way, the fact that Bjork talked this way, Everybody in the sport realizes it's coming, and then the question is, who's going to have the stones to craft it? Who's going to have the competency to craft it and what it looks like going forward? Because, yeah, I don't want a situation where – I don't. I mean, we benefited from it. I don't love the fact that Caleb Downs was an All-American at Alabama and is, is now at Ohio State. I love it from the standpoint that now he's a Buckeye. That's great. But, like, next year if he leaves, could I even be pissed? Like, if he just stayed for a year and then bounced back to Georgia – could you even be upset about it? Like, is that, does anybody really want that out of the sport either? I still So there's got to be a place, there's got to be a sweet spot for everybody with this. I still like, the, you know, the idea I threw out there a year ago, a month ago, whatever, whenever I've said it, that the two year contract. And so then in the middle of your college football career, roughly, you get a chance to transfer out and go. But then when you go that, you sign a two year contract and that's what your letter of intent means. And that gives they need to have something like some that. stance where it's like, okay, these guys can't leave this year. So I, I that is guys that are going to be on my roster. You have to worry about re-recruiting guys who are up for that contract. And then after it, it's four. I think we also need to get eligibility under control. It needs to go yeah. back to something that makes sense. Because right now, senior doesn't mean anything. No, no. Uh, I feel that no. it get that might get easier next year once the COVID year is officially officially done. Yeah, but there's guys playing their seventh year. There wasn't yeah, like three years year of COVID guy. years. No, there's still, it is amazing how many guys have played. It's just, uh, it's a thing to where you, 
you know where they don't want it to go, right? Yeah. They don't want to give the E word. They don't want to use mm-hmm. the E word, and I won't use it because Chops got mad about it yesterday. But that's like <laughs> where they will hold on for dear life yeah. to avoid. Well, I got mad because they, they won't use it, not because they would say it. Employment. I'll say it. Employment. Employ the players. Yeah. Mm. Well, every time they get in court, that's what that's ruled, that in fact they are. Paul Feinbaum will join us next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. The Ohio State Coaches Daily Show is brought to you locally on The Fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is the Ohio State Basketball Daily Show brought to you by Encova Insurance with Coach Jake Diebler. Jamison Battle, he goes from first half where foul trouble really limited what he was able to do against Purdue, but the second half, what was it that you saw from him and what he did to be able to kind of help get things going? Jamison stayed aggressive, and I think he certainly it's hard, trusted him kind of to stay in there with two fouls, picked up a third, and a lot of players who maybe don't have the experience or just toughness or maturity would have it would have affected their performance the rest of the game and he he flipped it the other way and just came out really aggressive and but but stayed within himself but i thought he showed a great deal of toughness and leadership really to be able to do that i have another comment in just a moment hi i'm archie griffin two-time heisman trophy winner the right coverage can be a game changer both on and off the field That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs, Encova's playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. Bottle home and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! At Ohio State, all that we accomplish means even more when achieved together. We're creating the new field of imageomics to track biodiversity, space farming to feed the world. We're developing cardio-oncology therapies to reduce heart damage, AI trust verification to protect AI technologies from hackers, and engineering more fuel-efficient cars. At Ohio State, we're creating these solutions the world needs now. Jake, you have this big emotional win over Purdue with everything that's led into it. I'm sure that you're trying to figure out the best way to carry it into the Thursday game against Minnesota and just stack one right after the other. Yeah, we'll get together as a team and, and reflect on why we were able to play the way we did. Uh, we'll have our guys engage in that conversation, and then we're going to focus on doing those things again and focus on having uh, some really good days of practice leading into uh, heading on the road to Minnesota. And just a different kind of focus you have to take on the road? Yeah, yeah, I think it's you, you got to know you're going into a hostile environment. You got to know it's going to be, you got to be even just a little bit tougher and a little more connected. But I think we've shown some significant growth in a short amount of time there, and hopefully we can continue to grow in those areas. This is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield.
Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Us. Keep your friends close and your producers closer. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, let's head on to the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Conversation with a great friend of the program, Paul Feinbaum, the Paul Feinbaum Show. Well, we've got a 5 plus 7, my friend, um, and and this keeps the, I guess it's the former group of five, I don't know what they're calling it now, keeps them in the mix. What did you make of the 5 plus 7, at least for the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, Bo, I think it's the best we could do, and, and I say that only because when you get uh, these people in the room, you have to have uh, unanimity, and, you know, you got the malcontents from what used to be known as the Pac-12 and a few others. So I think it was a compromise. Uh, obviously, I think football purists would rather see the 12 best teams, but for now, that's this, that's where we are. But I think we're I, I think we're going in the right direction. How how much weight do Tony Petiti and Greg Sankey throw around in these meetings? I think initially they, they throw around a lot of weight, but I think where they're going to be heard more is down the road. Uh, yeah. I mean, what what we're talking about now is a two year deal just to finish the original contract. But I feel pretty confident that those two will control the next contract, which is really what this is all about. This was a bridge deal. Uh, we should have already had the playoff, as we've talked about, ad nauseum. But, uh, you know, all these other cats in the room uh, decided uh, they didn't like it. And I think that's one reason why they floated the story yesterday uh, about maybe even expanding it, because uh, that's clearly a money play. Uh, listen, uh, the, the ESPN and everybody else has seen what the NFL has done with extra mm-hmm. wild cards. I don't. I don't think it matters a whole lot. Uh, all it means is I think two uh, two teams that have a bye will have to play the first day. But yeah, I mean, I, I'll watch. I'm sure you will too. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to. So will everybody else. It's now the second most popular sport in this country over the last decade. That has all happened. Um, so you, you mentioned it there. They floated out the 14. Uh, even talked about potentially a 16, which to me always made the most sense. I coming from where I grew up, one double A. They they in those days they did a 16. It always worked out just fine. Um, and then that's kind of an even number and it's television shows, right? I mean, sometimes I tell our audience all the time, like these are just great television shows. They're going to rate, um, the challenges in 14 and 16 that are different than 12 are what, if there are, uh, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately you could do away with the first round by and and, and that way you'd go to 16. I don't think it matters that much. I mean, I, I mean, I think if you study, the NFL, uh, I, I think this year, obviously, the, the buy mattered a little bit, uh, but uh, didn't help Baltimore. Um, no. Obviously, it didn't, it didn't help San Francisco in the end. I mean, they got to the Super Bowl. I, I don't – it doesn't matter to me. Uh, I think what it really does, though, uh, right now, if you, if you barely miss the 12-team playoff, you're, you're going to suffer. 
but if you if you don't make the 16 team playoff, you may get fired. Yeah, I, th- I think you're exactly right. Um, the the next part of that is from the the SEC and the Big Ten, which are going to drive this the sport with their television partners over the next decade at least. Um, and and what percentage is a is a reasonable? I guess how much can they get away with? Paul, <laughs> because there was a story, you know, like we want four automatic qualifiers in the Big Ten and the SEC, and it's like they they said that out loud, but like they're going to get that. Both those conferences are going to get four no matter what in a in a potential fourteen. Uh, how much can they ask for and reasonably expect out of a fourteen or a sixteen team playoff? What percentage is seems equitable that they could get away with? I mean, I think a pretty good number. Uh, I mean, if you, if you just think about. Uh just think about the, the final AP top twenty-five from a from a Big Ten, a, 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 the modern new Big Ten alone. You have Michigan, Washington, what Oregon, uh, all in the top six. You have, you have uh, I mean, you have other schools in there. Penn State, thirteen. I mean, I, I think three to four is is, is the number now. Uh, I, I I wouldn't uh, certainly in the SEC. I think uh, four, and and I think. Uh, with the current Big Ten, yeah, uh, I don't think that's that's really even even that big of a stretch. And and you know what? Why not? I mean, these are the two best. I, it wouldn't bother me if the Big Ten and the SEC just said screw everybody else, and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll conduct the college football playoff ourselves. Uh, it, it would still be the best team. There's no doubt, and I I couldn't agree with you more. I think you'd get you you do a 16 team playoff of those two conferences. That that's going to check a lot of boxes, and and I think they know that they can play that card, don't they? They know that they could uh, do this on their own. Yeah, I mean, for for all the things that Petiti has said and, and Greg Sankey have said, uh, they 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 formed the legions because you know it was best for them. It was uh, they're not over, overly concerned about anyone else, and I, I just think that some of this is a result of the ACC crashing and burning, uh-huh. uh, and then taking in Cal and Stanford to Houston, and 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 the Pac-12 is. Uh, uh, I mean, they're a little uh, better uh, than they've been. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, the Big Twelve. Big Twelve, yeah. I, I really yeah. did. Uh, I did completely lose my mind there for a moment. Uh, <laughs> you forget. But I don't see. A, I don't see a lot coming out of that league. So yeah, I mean, I, it, it is. Uh, I mean, these guys, these other conferences, literally do not have a voice at the table. What voice? Uh, how long can Notre Dame play this game? They keep getting invited. How, how long can they can they keep this up? before they have to join. Yeah, their time is running out. Now, yesterday the big conversation was, you know, about Notre Dame. But but don't forget, and I, I know you haven't, Jack, Swar- uh, Jack Swarbrick, the, the AD who was outgoing, he, he set this up to protect Notre Dame. He was on the original committee mm-hmm. uh, that got uh, – and he, he, knew, he knew Notre Dame wouldn't have a, a, a stand – Without the conference championship game, but but I think I think time is running out on them uh, because uh, it it is. I know that Notre Dame is important, but you know I was on with uh, Stephen A. Smith yesterday, and we mm-hmm. were I did a correlation between Notre Dame and the Cowboys. But the Cowboys are a draw no matter who they play. Notre Dame is not. When Notre Dame plays Duke, I don't care. Uh, yeah, I care if they when they're at Clemson or they're playing a, a Michigan or, or or Notre Dame, or, excuse me, Ohio State or somebody. But uh, the random Wake Forest, uh, Syracuse, Boston College, those games don't matter anymore. I always contended if the Big Ten would just simply say we're not going to play you anymore, that would force their hand because now that includes USC as well. And who are you going to play if you're exactly. Notre Dame? Exactly. Yeah, yeah there's and, nobody to play. And, 
I mean, the, the, the Notre Dame belongs in the Big Ten. I mean, this yeah. ACC marriage is, is convoluted, and every time I every time I see a game, a Notre Dame a ACC game, I'm like, well, it, it still doesn't look right. And they've been doing this a number of years. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Eli Gold. I, I saw the news this morning. The longtime radio voice of the of the of Alabama uh, removed, and then he's saying not by his choice. How how big of a deal is that in in Tuscaloosa? And and were you surprised? Uh, it's a big deal. And no, I wasn't surprised. He had been very sick for a couple of years. He almost uh, died. And it's a, it's a classic case of, of two sides being on, on at, at different places. Uh, the replacement was already there. He filled in very well. He's done basketball and baseball for 15 or 20 years. So this isn't like blowing out the guy that had been there the whole, your whole career and then go getting, uh, some guy from, uh, or, 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 just you know, some some guy from a minor league baseball team. Sure. I mean, he's well known, and I, I was sad. Uh, we could do a whole sec- uh, se- section here one day on bad farewells. Uh, sometimes you just have to say, "Hey, I had a great career. It's over." Eli obviously decided to go down fighting, which will not help. No, certainly not. Uh, last one, I'll get you out of here on this, Paul. Uh, Nick Saban with the comments that that he wants to be part of uh, meaningful change in the sport. How how do you think he would define that? Uh, I guess he'd like to be the commissioner or the czar. He's not going to be. And I, I don't know. I, I don't mean to be blasphemous, Bo, Bo but, but I find Saban's comments to be pretty robotic. Uh, what is, he's going to be on college game day. That's how he can affect college football, by having a voice. But he's already he's already neutered that the other day by saying, well, I'm not going to pick against Alabama. Now, how excited are you to watch Nick Saban pick a game uh, with, with Alabama in it, which will be every Saturday? That's that's exactly true. Great talking to you as always, my friend. Thanks for your time. A real pleasure. Thank you. All right, that's Paul Paul Feinbaum, the Paul Feinbaum Show, uh, joining us on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Thing or not a thing coming up next. Bishop and Friends are right here on The Fan. Death, taxes, and beating Michigan every damn year. This is your flagship home for Ohio State football. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Interested in Iowa football? Too bad. Shops will tell you about it anyway. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, time a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, fellas. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. First one up today after two years as NBC's Notre Dame play-by-play voice, Jack Collinsworth, son of Chris Collinsworth, is out. Officials briefed on the decision, told The Athletic. NBC veteran Dan Hicks will replace Collinsworth and team up with analyst Jason Garrett. Hicks had previously called Notre Dame games a decade ago. He's best known for his PGA Tour duties. Starting next fall, NBC plans to have Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge as the number one broadcast team on all of its college football coverage. Eagle 26 and Blackledge 62 earned strong reviews on their Big Ten and NFL. NFL games they called thing or not a thing so i guess what what i'm interested in is like will week to week nbc like will will eagle and blackledge get the primetime game every week regardless of who it is because they had some garbage games i mean there was a game early it was a maryland Remember that? It was like week three. It was Maryland and, yeah, like a group of five team. Or like a ri- That's right. Charlotte, I think yes, it was. Yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte. It was Maryland oh, Charlotte. time, baby. It was on primetime well, Big Ten. Big and I was like, right? <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm watching Joshua on the pregame going, God bless you for making it seem like I got to care about this thing. Like, that was nuts. So, like, in an instance where the Notre Dame game at 3.30, which in almost any instance would be if the equivalent is Maryland-Charlotte, 
do they do that game, or and then does Dan Hicks or is Dan Hicks doing Notre Dame football? My, the way I read it is Dan Hicks is doing Notre Dame football. That's the way I think. Yeah, I think so, Dan Hicks is calling all the Notre Dame games, which is what Notre Dame would want, um, and and appropriate. Jack Collinsworth was not ready for that job. He was not. Sometimes, like no eagle was ready for the job. Like both nepotism on both sides, but no eagle was ready for the job. Jack Collinsworth was not. So the the fact that they gave him that job. It, it, it's amazing it lasted two years, quite honestly. Yeah, that feels like it was, uh, you know, obviously everybody had feelings, strong feelings um, about Jack Collinsworth. And for me, it, it just reads Notre Dame made this call like, hey, we we want to have we want to pick who's on the yep. broadcast for us. We're, you know, we're we're in control here. So we're going to pick our guy. And that's how it's going to be moving forward. Y'all can do whatever you want on anything else. But when it's a Notre Dame football game, we need as quality as you get on ESPN, on CBS, and just weren't getting that with Collinsworth. Speaking on the Club Shay Shay podcast, Johnny Manziel, like I I love the name, Johnny Manziel uh, talked to Shannon Sharp Mm -hmm. about his relationship, current relationship, with former coach Kevin Sumlin. We'll reach out and talk like here and there, maybe once a year, mm-hmm. but not like I have the relationship with my other coaches. And, you know, my gut instinct and feel is, and I know this because of instances that happened when I left. I'm leaving to go to the draft. And I'll paint a picture for you. It's 2000, the spring of 2014, December 2013, right in there about December, January, I'm getting ready to make this decision on if I'm going to the NFL draft or I'm going to stay. And I found this out five years later from my dad. But my dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sutton and pretty much went to him man to man and was like, we'll take three million bucks and we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as true as today as he did when he told me. He left. He did the same thing that he did when Cliff Kingsbury asked him to be the highest paid offensive coordinator the year before. And Cliff would have stayed with me another year, and we would have ran it back and right. gone for another one. Right. But he comes to Salmon. He asks him for X amount. Salmon, he had this ego about him that what we built, we, was all him. Thing or not a thing. <laughs> okay. So is Johnny seems perturbed that Kevin Sumlin, the coach at Texas A&M, in a time when you couldn't just directly pay players laughed at being asked by Johnny Manziel's dad for $3 million. Did I hear that right? And then did an apples and and oranges comparison of paying an offensive coordinator the most in his position, which are not the same thing. Still so delusional that thinks that that's how the sport worked then, above board, that that could happen. As if Johnny could have handled that. He got plenty of stuff under the table. Can you imagine if they came up with three million bucks and he was loping around College Station with that? You think that would have gone well? I mean, that's unbelievable. So I will say this: there's another part of this that's going around. This quote where he's talking about Brian Hoyer and he's talking about how Hoyer was in the quarterback room. That Hoyer was really brutal. Um, and I do think that that part is. I know that that part's accurate. That that Hoyer and Johnny even says it in the clip. He says, "Look, Hoyer, this was his opportunity to go be a starting quarterback. He was not trying to help me at all, and he would go out of his way to be difficult with Manzel because he wanted the job. Like this was his chance to be a starting quarterback in his hometown. Um, I do think this is probably the most candid. He should have put the, all this stuff in the documentary. 
yeah. instead of the, what he did. But it still has a little bit. I heard another clip from it. It still has a little bit of what the documentary of is like, look at how cool I was. That he's trying to say it in a negative way, but he's clearly actually portraying it in a positive way. Because there was another one where Shannon Sharp asked him about, you lost 40 pounds between the end of the season and August, September. Which, honestly, 40 pounds over eight months isn't that crazy especially if somebody has like has went from being a professional athlete to not but he goes because i was on i was on a diet of all an illicit substance he was on a nose kind of uh (laughs) kind of diet and it's like okay so what like (laughs) i just i mean yeah maybe that's why but to me it sounds like less that he's like explaining it it's like a hard time in a in a dark part of his past and still trying to pass it off of like yeah, because I was so awesome. That's why I yeah. lost 40 pounds. And that's what the whole documentary felt like, too. It did, yeah. Awful announcing they passed this along from First Take yesterday. J.J. Reddick questions why it's the responsibility of NBA players to educate fans and questions how much fans actually want to be educated in the first place. It's our job, Stephen A., to educate people on basketball. It's okay. our job. And here's the reality. This is the ecosystem we live in. I can do a okay. video on my podcast. I can do a video on my podcast. Where I break down the last nine games the Pelicans have used Zion Williamson as the primary ball handler and what type of actions that has led to. I looked it up this morning. 54,000 views on YouTube. But I want to call out a coach yesterday. Oh, that gets tens of millions of engagements. That's the ecosystem we live in. So do fans actually want to be educated or not? Mm-hmm. Do they? Thing or not a thing. It's he's a hundred percent right. It is a thing. Most don't. Most don't. That's why if you want to like let's just do this for us for an example. The smartest football show on television was the Edge NFL matchup show that Greg Cosell does, uh that 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 was used to be Sal Palantonio and it would air really early Sunday morning. Like really early. But if you really wanted to know what was happening in the NFL, that's it. It's happening. It's NFL films. They're breaking it down. They're showing you the reads. They're showing you what's being missed, showing you what's not. Guess what? It airs at 8 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock in the morning because no one's watching it. That's not what you want. You don't want that stuff. People think they want that stuff or they may want to sound smart and act like they do, but they really don't. They just really want to know, do I want to fire a coach? It's really ironic that he says this on first take. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah, He's using the vehicle that's kind of turned sports into this. Yeah. Like he's, it's, you know, he's on the pot calling the kettle black. Like he is not the pot, but no, that kind of embrace debate culture has led to fans just wanting the soap opera that is, oh my gosh, did you hear what Reddick said about his former head coach? Or when you talk about Zion Williamson, like the only time people are really interested in Zion is when OnlyFans models are getting into beefs yeah. with him online. Like it's the drama part of this that people want, and it's the drama and it's everything that happens off the court that's been pushed by shows like that forever. Like, and we're not, you know, we're guilty of it as well, but that's what people tune in for. I mean, he said it 54,000 views against 15 million. Yeah. Sorry, bud. It's, no, it's we, sports is we're, a lot. We're all here for it. It's a lot like reality TV for men. That's, yeah, we're drawn sure. to the same type of drama type stuff. And by the way, it's always been that way. It's not like in the 80s people were breaking down film. People weren't breaking down film. They were no. talking about Joe Namath guaranteeing that they were going to win the Super Bowl. It was, it, was, it was very, very different. And the only reason it's They're that, very they, much the same. Right? It's that way for football is because of fantasy football. Yeah, but you're looking more about numbers. You're not t- people aren't interested in the reads. 
You know the what actual I mean? X's and O's of it. They're not. Because they it's not know, useful like, to you, really, at the not. same time. No. All right. Uh, final hour up next. Uh, some interesting comments from Adam Schefter on another coaching move. Uh, we will get to that. Uh, the college football video game looking very promising. And Justin Fields on his future. Bishman Friends, right here on The Fan. If your idea of the perfect radio show is all Buckeyes all the time, then it's your lucky day, Slappy. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. Taking the art of sports radio and day drinking to a whole new level. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. All right, final hour here on a Thursday. Reese just had it in the update there, the uh, NCAA college football game back uh, this summer. Um, you had some of the details on that in terms of the 600 bucks. So it's 600 bucks, then you get a copy of the game on your console. And then there will be some players who are ambassadors and they will be able to tweet about the game, and then they will be able to get compensated for that. Some of the other things in this, real coaches will not be in the game, which is surprising to me that they would not be. Um, NIL and Transfer Portal will be in the game. That'll be a joy. Um, you're not going to, you will not be able to create a player who chooses not to be in the game. So that's a huge thing there because that was always the workaround with the old game is you could download the rosters and they would come right onto your on your on How the, do they on the stop console. That I don't know. I don't know how they would stop that. Do you just, would you just have to change a letter and a name, and then you could do it? Like, are they going to put like specific names that you can't do? But then, I yeah, just feel like, like that's an easy workaround. People are so good at computers and technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't like, tell me I can't have Will Howard because guess what? Here's Bill Howard. <laughs> right. Right. What difference does it make? Um, only uh, FBS schools will be in the first installment. So they're going to have all 134, including the Buckeyes. They've sent out 11,000 contracts. Um, each player, as, as Reese mentioned in the update, and I did as well, 600, and then the game will be on the console. The game will be completely different from Madden, even good, because Madden sucks. Um, even though it's ran on the same performance system, the playoffs and the realignment will be customizable entirely. I don't, I don't trust that line. The whole thing about the, it's not going to be, they said it's going to be on the same system. I, I imagine that these companies love to cut corners and make as much money as possible. Yeah. If they already have an engine that works on the next gen consoles that has, that plays football, they're going to use mostly that. Maybe make some tweaks here and there, but they are not going to go all out to make this an entirely different physics engine for this video game. And EA and 2K2 have ruined sport video games over probably the last five years with microtransactions, and I'm very, very, very worried about the actual playability and fun of this game. Explain what that means to our audience who's over... 30 micro processes so microtransactions are where <laughs> hey do you w- want to do this do you want to buy a uniform do you want to compete in this right. tournament you have to pay you have to pay real money i can to- i mean a lot of people have thrown this out there and i can totally see nil is something that you can use in the recruiting world but if you want to get a leg up on it you only have a hundred thousand dollars to work on it but you can buy yeah. two hundred thousand dollars for twenty dollars in your nil makeup that is going to be in this game i have no doubt EA Sports. It's in the game. It will be in the game. It will be 100%. You nailed it. That I get a bill like, I I would be like, dude, I'll go to NBC like, hey, dude, what's, what's 11 bucks? What did you, what's the Fortnite pack we had to have? (laughs) And so then I, that's, he's broke constantly because he's, he's, I don't pay for that crap. So he's going to, he pays for it. That's the way that that works. Like, okay, well, your birthday money just bought you a new skin in Fortnite. Great. I hope you enjoy it for six seconds. Um, so I hope that that doesn't happen as well. Um, I think that most of the guys are going to take the 600 bucks and the be in the game. I think the idea of being in the game is pretty damn cool. It certainly was when it was out the last time. And I, I think that there will be some holdouts, but at the same time, like if there's, if there aren't that many, the only way that they could get more than the 600 is if the entire lot of them held out. 
Because like if, if there's a coalition that held out, there's, that'd be the only way. The thing about it is, there's a if there's eleven thousand and they expect you know close to full participation, every hundred dollars extra is a million dollars extra to pay out. One point yeah. one million dollars extra, and I just right. like I I think the six hundred dollars is hey that's six hundred extra dollars for these guys, the guys who oh are so important and would opt out because they need to negotiate. They're already making great nil money. All those guys. So what do they care? They want to be in the game. It goes back to in the social network. There's a line from Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg. And he says, when building up Facebook, he says, kids want to be online because their friends are online. And that's what's going to happen here. If anybody Mm -hmm. opts out, they're only going to opt out for one year. Because once they see their other teammates or their opponents or people that they're friends with from the camps during recruiting process, they're going to want to be in the game too. And I think most of them are going to be there. As far as filling out the paperwork, I have seen some people say, it's going to be really hard to get a bunch of 20 year old dudes to fill out the proper paperwork to get this it's done. It's not in going time. to be, it's been really hard since the beginning yeah. of time. <laughs> yes. It's going to have to be something that drops into an email, check a box, and send it out. Not like That's actually a form to There's fill no out. You got to fill out a Chris form. Chris Vanini has uh, opt in via the Compass NIL app. There you go. So, so if most of these athletes are already using this anyway, then it just becomes a click here if you want to be in the game. And for EA Sports, fine. You don't want to have Ryan Day. It's not going to be Ryan Day because Ryan Day has a beard. My head coach at Ohio State has a mustache. <laughs> of course he does. Ted Lasso. Um, you guys had this one. We mentioned this briefly, the Charlie Baker uh, conversations. Um, some of these quotes are pretty interesting. We mentioned these in the earlier conversation about the playoff, but I, I thought we ought to reiterate it a little bit. Uh, Baker saying, I've had conversations with a bunch of coaches who didn't walk out of their on their contracts. One of the things I hear from kids when I talk to them about the issue is coaches walk out on their con- contracts. What's that about? Uh, do they add? Do they transfer more than they did 10 years ago? Yes. Do they transfer more than their peers who aren't student-athletes? No. They actually transfer less than students who aren't student-athletes do. And kids just transfer more because they have more information, more data. They're more impatient about a lot of things, is is his quote here. So this is the boss of the NCAA saying they ought to have the same rights as coaches. And we've never had one take this tone before, ever. It's really refreshing, too, that he also says they ought to have the same rights as the other students. So if we're going right. to still call them student-athletes, and they have to be treated as students as well because there's it never has made sense to me that you give up your NIL, you give up your ability to transfer, that all of your peers who aren't athletes do have. Mm-hmm. Just because you become a student-athlete, you have less rights. Why would you want that to be the mantra of your organization? But it has been for the NCAA for a long time. So they're... It's not perfect, but Charlie Baker does seem to at least say the things that we want to hear from the leadership, and we'll see what he actually enacts as he starts to really get into this job. He's been there for about a year, but they've been in court in Capitol Hill the entire time. And he would know better than anybody. Like That process is just all it does is consume time and resources, and you get little, if anything, done. Yeah, yeah. So the question, and now it's just, everybody's now saying it out loud, like just how do you execute it? That's the next step is, is that part of it. I found this to be so strange this morning when I read this tweet. So Schefter um, had a tweet this morning about the Chargers finalizing the deal to hire USC running back coach uh, Kiel McDonald as their running back coach. McDonald had a chance to become a college offensive coordinator, but opted to become Jim Harbaugh's running back coach at USC and Utah. McDonald worked with backs, and he went through the run. And then he then he quote tweeted that, and he wrote uh, he tweeted. A trend that has emerged this winter, many college coaches are tired of transfer portal, the NIL money, and the new NCAA world and prefer the work in the NFL. Many college coaches already have left. Many more want to. But there's just nothing that proves that. 
No. There's nothing that proves. In that fact, there's there NFL coaches Mar-Mont. that have jumped to college football at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And I, I, this is something – so people throw around the word narrative a lot, and I don't know that they're, they always know necessarily how to use it. This is an example of a narrative that Adam Schefter is carrying the water for. Um, I don't know what his gain is on it or if it's personal. Maybe it's maybe he's he's a Michigan guy. Maybe he's carrying it for Harbaugh and saying, I don't like it. We don't like it. Who knows? I don't like where the sport's going. A lot of people don't like where the sport's going. But there's just there's not that many instances that prove this to be true. And this example of it, like if you wanted to quote tweet one, I think the one you quote tweet is Halfley. Because that's a head coach going to become a defensive coordinator. So that theoretically, that is a big step down in pay. Um, that, that is that type of thing. Maybe you could quote tweet that. Uh, if Chip Kelly wouldn't, weren't coming here to run the offense and instead would have left UCLA to go be the offensive coordinator for the LA Rams, that would be something where you could say, boy, this is a guy taking a lot less money to go do this because he doesn't want to do this job anymore. And there, it's true. There are, this is a more frustrating job than it used to be. There aren't really any days off anymore in college football if you want to be a coach. You're basically going to work year-round. But you're going to tell me that there's not people who want to be a coordinator or be a head coach and make $2 million upwards and make of course. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven million million if you get to the top of the game. What I really think happening is that people are just looking for, for moves, and they call it people. They know people in their circles, and they, they say, oh, well, that's another opportunity that I can take. And maybe it's because they're worried about, ah, it's getting really difficult here in, in the college world, and I'd like to give the NFL a shot. But NFL and college coaches have gone back and forth the entire time, and so I wanted to see if I could find any sort of link between this Keel McDonald guy and Harbaugh. Closest I can find is he was an intern for the 49ers in 2010, but that was the year before Jim took over, but he did spend a lot of time in California. So my guess is that somehow through a link of networks, these two people know each other and that's how he ended up with a job. Cause he's current. It's really easy to get him to go from being the USC running backs coach to the LA chargers running backs coach. He's already there. You just tell him to come to this right. building instead. That's what I think happens. I think these guys go, ah, this isn't working out for me. I'll call up some of my people in my network, and if I can get an NFL job, I'll jump to that because right now it seems easier. And sure, it could seem easier, but the idea that there are people who don't want to coach college football is bull. So this is from uh, Kenny Dillingham, who was on an Arizona sports station. This looks like from yesterday. So don't complain about what we do. You're blessed. There's a lot of negative of it, Yes. But do you know how many people want to be a college football coach? I literally spent nine years of my life doing anything <laughs> to become a coffee boy. So don't Fantastic. give me don't give me the oh it's hard to be a college coach right now. Yeah, it's hard. Then quit. So you That's pretty good. What, one of, this is another one. I, I got to call out my guy Herbie on this one. I'm finally excited to announce that I'm part of the EA Sports College football game. I'm proud to be a partner and one of the voices of the game again, my 14th year in the ride. Herbie is one of the biggest complainers of NIL, and it's all about the money, but yet you cash the checks. You're cashing all – you all want the money. You just don't want the players to have the money for some reason. I don't understand why you can stop it and turn the faucet off as it applies to you, you can that faucet can run, but the faucet to the players has to be turned off. But remember, understand that. Kirk Herbstreet, a chance to get an NFL job, and he jumped right to it, and he's calling <laughs> NFL games too because he's tired of all the transfer portal and NIL That's stuff. That's it. It, it, it comes just happens circle. to still be on college game day. got an NIL deal. <laughs> he <laughs> does. Like, is he in the game? It's a Probably. handsome dog. I mean, I, I, he's I, a good boy. 
I try to model Buddy Garrity after him at every chance I get. Although I think he's groomed a little tight for a golden. I don't know if you noticed that with the dog. It's well, maybe he can't have long hair to get through all the airport security. They, they can't be. have that. Could be that. Uh, Justin Fields speaking out on his future. We'll have that for you coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Unlike your deadbeat uncle, we'll never leave you stranded in a ditch when you were six. This promo may have been a touch too specific. The sports conversation that's worthy of a toast or at least a stiff drink. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Yeah, there's no better time to sign up for the Tipico Sportsbook. Get in on the betting action. Hoops, hockey, golf is a lot of fun. The biggest college hoops tournament is in March. It's right around the corner. Plenty of games to bet on and win big. Take advantage of those massive odds boosts for the biggest payouts. Try the new parlays where you can pick how many legs you need to hit and cash in on your bets. Even if you miss a leg or two, claim your new sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100 to get your bonus. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older, physically located in Ohio. Terms of conditions apply. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. The NFL Scouting Combine is next week over in Indianapolis. On-field work doesn't start until Thursday, but the on-field work is honestly secondary to everything that's happening behind the scenes. And one of the things that we had always said would happen at the Combine is that the Chicago Bears would let it be known publicly or as privately as you can let anything be known at the Combine, their plans with Justin Fields. All signs point towards Justin Fields no longer being the quarterback of the Chicago Bears and them going with Caleb Williams on that front. Justin Fields had some things to say about that. He was on the St. Brown Brothers podcast. That's Amron St. Brown. I'm not going to pronounce his brother's name. Equinimius? Equinimius? I did. God bless him. So he was on that pot. So Equiminius was on the team with Fields with Chicago. So that's, that's the connection there. So he was on the podcast. Apparently he unfollowed the Bears on social. Here's and his what he dog had, did too. His mm. dog too. So here's what he had to say about that. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, like, I still mess with the Bears. This and that. I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with them. The Bears have posted eight Instagram posts in the last week. So I think your timeline would have been safe from all football had you just continued to keep them on your follower list. I always think it's funny, too, when you say something along the lines of uh, why do people take social media so seriously all the while you're taking it so seriously that if you don't remove them off your timeline, it will be disturbing for you. <laughs> Perhaps you're the one who's taking it too seriously. And I, we love fields, but I mean, come on, man. And a player has um, to have their head in the sand now to like think that. People yeah. aren't going to talk about that, and of it's become it for a, thing. a reason. Yes. Just own it. Just own it. They're talking about trade me, so I unfollowed him. Um, he was asked about uh, where he wants to play. Here's what he had to say about Chicago and the organization. Of course, I want to stay. To be honest, bro, I'll be trying to like you know, with all the talk, it's it's hard to, you know, I guess kind of just boom be in one place. But I can't see myself playing in another place. But I know how that league is. Like EQ, you was probably the same way uh, before you left Green Bay. But I mean. If it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago. I love right. the city. The city's lit. The the fans there, you know, they're great. And mm-hmm. the people. But um, it's a business. I ain't got no control over it. So whatever right. happens, happens. But I feel like the biggest thing with all this going on right now, I just want it to be over. Like, just let me know if I'm getting traded. Let me know if I'm staying, this and that. Because 
I like watching film in the offseason. I like watching the offense, you feel me, seeing what they're going to do a lot and uh, stuff like that. So so you do like football in the offseason. Yeah, we've... we've <laughs> he just doesn't want it on his timeline. Not on his timeline. We've, you know, long defended the situation that the Bears put him in. And when James and I were doing the show, it, it was like the one place we said, not there, just because they don't know how to do it. And they, you just knew they were going to fail. You knew it was going to be miserable. I think they've, it's like, it's a outrageous to me. They're, they kept Eberflus through all this, like regardless of now is the time to switch, whether you go Caleb Williams or not. Now would have been the time you're changing the coordinator. Now would have been the time to just go wholesale changes. They didn't. They kept Everflus for reasons beyond any sort of logical comprehension, especially after keeping Nagy for fields was a disaster right. too. Correct. So like it's, it's a mess, but there has to be. So while the situation is as bad as it can be fields, his play hasn't demand that they keep him. There hasn't been enough of it. He's been, he's been Fine. He's been at, what he's kind of been at this point, despite and again acknowledging the worst possible position. He's kind of fantasy football great. Like the fantasy football people love him because he puts up those stats, and I think it gives a perception that he's a better player than he has been. He is a fantasy football star, but he's not necessarily a great quarterback yet, or even a good one. I don't even know how you would pay him. I, if I were the Bears. And I love Fields. I think he's done as much for anybody playing at Ohio State as anybody when he went and fought for the league and fought to play that season. He was the face of, of the Big Ten Conference when the commissioner was not, who, by the way, he now works for in Chicago. Um, but the reality is there's not enough to justify it. The smart business decision for Chicago is to reset their quarter, their quarterback window, is to have Caleb Williams under contract for four years without having to make a decision on Fields. If Fields were great, if he were, if he had, had shown you 80% of what CJ Stroud showed you in his rookie season, the Bears would trade the number one pick tomorrow and give him 160 million. They do it tomorrow. They don't know what to do with him. And I don't know if his future team's going to know what to do with him either. And yeah, and I'm sure that, you know, the Bears are obviously exploring that market and what does the, the market look like it, but I don't think it makes much sense to keep them. There was an idea last week of having, keeping Justin Fields and drafting Caleb Williams and then Justin Fields can kind of lead him into that. And it's like, no. yeah, but Justin Fields is in going into his fourth year. He's still on his rookie deal. He's not some sort of veteran. He's not Alex Smith. Yeah, he's ready to hand off the baton or like teach a guy. This is how it really works. These guys aren't that different in age. Uh, I think what Justin Fields has proved in Chicago that he can be a starting caliber quarterback, but that's just one of 32. That's not what teams are looking for. They're looking for one of the top 10 guys and maybe even more than that every single time that's you know we talk about that all the time that's why the browns made this move to go get deshaun watson uh fields you're right does have a little bit of that feel of scoring 32 points a game for the 11th seeded team in the in the western conference or something like that that's a little bit what it's like and it shows that yes he belongs on an nfl field but he's not he's not making it adamant that teams have to play him or that every team that could have their hands on him definitely wants him like right now, odds for Fields his start this season are Atlanta, um, and then I think Chicago, and then Pittsburgh's kind of Pittsburgh was it le- this time last week? Like they had the best odds to have Fields be their mm-hmm. starting quarterback week one. Right now, it's Atlanta. But I was talking about this yesterday, Bo, that a free agent Kirk Cousins might be a better idea for Atlanta right now no than what they would have to give to get Justin Fields, just because if. The Bears want to move, you know, the first pick. That's historic compensation. What they want is what's being reported because obviously they're floating it out there. But then for Fields, it's like, are you giving up a second round pick? Would be the first. I mean, that'd be the very least of what you'd have to give up. If if you're the Bears, you're not taking anything less. It seems like it's going to be two twos. 
probably a two this year and a two next year is probably what it'll take to get fields. Um, Atlanta is the spot where we all want him to go. I agree with you. They would be better off in the short term with Cousins. Like they could win the NFC South with Cousins right now yeah. in Atlanta with that roster. I think the best spot for fields. So it's Raheem Morris. Is he the guy who got hired out there mm-hmm. in Atlanta? Yeah. So I don't know who the offensive coordinator is or what style of offense they're going to play in. Um, I, I would say like, the best thing for Fields would be to find wherever Greg Roman is. And I don't even – is he at Michigan now? I don't know where the hell Greg Roman is. But, like, that's the type of guy you need. Or you need, you know, Munkin. You need a guy who's willing to work with a player in their skill set is is what you need. Zach um, Robinson is the Falcons okay, offensive coordinator. Okay, so he was – yeah, so that's in the McVay tree. He was, a, he was a starting quarterback, I want to say, at Oklahoma State um, as a player. Greg Roman's the Chargers OC. Okay, well – that sucks. Yeah, Zach Robinson, Oklahoma State, was drafted in 2010 in the seventh round, and then he's basically been a coach. He's yeah. coached with the Rams since starting in 2019. Fields was asked directly about the Falcons, by the way, which is where we've always wanted him to go. Here's what he had to say about it. Atlanta would be tough. I, the only con of going back home is just people hit my phone crazy, yeah. you know, wanting tickets to the game. But, I mean, yeah. I think I think they got a lot of play mag- playmakers on the team. Of course, Bijan. They got my boy Kyle, and then, of course, Drake. Two, they probably need one more receiver, but um, they definitely got some guys over there, and their defense was good this year too. Isn't it wild that a guy under contract is openly discussing a team? I think it's the podcast effect that he's sitting down there with friends right. and forgets that people are, forget where can you listen are. to this. Oh, people are actually listening. We're recording this. We're going to put this out into the world. I think you're right. I think that's what happens on these podcasts. Like you forget that there's an audience. Um, and I've never heard of this podcast until today, so I guess they succeeded <laughs> with, their, um, with, with, their, with, with their mission statement, for sure. Not to be mean, I cut this sound. It's not a very good podcast. <laughs> it was not very interesting to listen to the in-between stuff. Well, it's like yeah. Max Crosby's thing, too, where they had Antonio Pierce on earlier this week. The yeah. rest of the podcast, it stunk. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, to do content all the time. A uh, little bit of Thursdays with Tiberi coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. This Buckeye Football Impact Report is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse. On the fan, Ohio's sports destination. Ohio State Football Impact Report. The running back room appears loaded once again for Ohio State. That includes the addition of 5'10 freshman running back James Peoples from San Antonio, Texas, Veterans Memorial High School. He's a top 100 prospect, rated the number four running back in this year's class. Here's Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. Uh, James Peoples is a dynamic running back who, um, you know, again, has had a great high school career. Uh, he can do multiple things. He's strong. He's got great change of direction. Uh, he can catch routes out of the backfield. Um, you know, he's going to be a dynamic player and I think going to make an impact early on uh, his freshman year. Peoples averaged over 10 yards per carry in each of his last two years of high school. Peoples played in the 2024 All-American Bowl in San Antonio this January. This report was brought to you by Safelight Auto Glass. I'm Matt Andrews on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Hi, this is Paul Keels. This Buckeye season, don't let a broken windshield ruin your game plan. Safelight Auto Glass makes it easy to get your windshield fixed with their mobile glass shops all over central Ohio. They can come to you anywhere, giving Buckeye fans more time for game time. OH? Man, I love that. Schedule at Safelight.com. Safelight Auto Glass is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. 
Libman makes a difference. The Libman Mock Crew is a part of our winning team. The Libman Mock Crew makes sure the hardwood is safe and clean for the players every game at the Schottenstein Center. No matter what kind of flooring you have at your home court, Libman has the tools to keep it clean. Our mops, brooms, and brushes are proudly family-made in the USA. Visit Libman.com to see our whole lineup and for a store locator. That's Libman.com. Libman, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. For more than 35 years, Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse has been known by Buckeye Nation as serving the best steaks in the city. Our thick-cut, aged steaks have been a staple in Columbus with three locations in Upper Arlington, Dublin, and downtown. Hyde Park is proud to introduce our newly added wine room at the downtown Columbus location, where a new elegance in dining will surround you. And coupled with live entertainment every weekend, Hyde Park will be the perfect setting for any occasion or the perfect night out. Hyde Park is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucs! Bishop and Friends present Tuesdays with Taberry. Sponsored by Sears Heating and Cooling. Family owned since 1950. Well, we're doing it on a Thursday instead. Quite a lot has gone on in the last week, my friend. We, we've, we've, we've fired basketball coaches. We've fired a general manager of a, of a hockey team. We've, we've promoted linebacker coaches. This is supposed to be the downtime, buddy. I've never seen a January, February like this. When it comes to Ohio State football, the basketball program. And by the way, I called Ohio State was going to beat Purdue. I called that. As yeah. a matter of fact, I taped the coaching show with Jake yesterday, and he said, you called it. And, and I told him <laughs> yesterday, and I'll tell, it, I'll tell you now, the uh, losing streak on the road ends tonight, too. Yeah, it's one of those things where you, I don't think that – I think the thing that was probably surprising for Chris Holtman was that he was fired in season, not that he was fired. I think he could probably right. see the writing on the wall. I think he was probably most disappointed that he wasn't able to tell his team, that he wasn't able to, to finish it out. And I think what we saw and probably what led you to, to make the declaration that they would beat Purdue is that while the that team loves that coach, they love that coaching staff, but there's also a weight to it. Every time that you, you get on social media, every time you get to a press conference, it's like, well, when are you guys going to win and when is the coach going to be fired? When that's taken off, all of a sudden you can play more free. Right, right. And I, and I think I think there was a uh, looseness to them. I think there was a, a bit of an edge to them. Uh, they made Edie's life miserable that game. Uh, the defense, Chris Holtman had talked to me all season long about how they needed to step the defense up. The defense needed to be relentless. Well, in that game, the defense was relentless. They didn't turn the ball over, but Purdue did. And, uh, you know, the, I like them tonight because, you know, they played on December 3rd, I want to say, and Ohio State won by 10 there. Mm-hmm. Ohio State just beat a team that could win the national title, Bo. A lot of people mm-hmm. think they might. I mean, if that doesn't build your confidence up, and then you've already beaten this team, it's going home for Jamison Battle. Um, that kid was huge down a stretch against Purdue. Uh, uh, Bruce Thornton made some huge free throws down the stretch, but 
to me, the defense was the difference in that game. That and the shots were going. I mean, we've seen this team struggle making buckets. Well, they, they, they outshot Purdue, and that was the difference. Yeah, there's there's no question. Uh, you, you've been around here since the inception, obviously, of the franchise, since Mr. Mack uh, made it his point to to bring professional sports in the NHL to town. Yarmo Kekalainen was the longest-serving general manager of the operation and the most successful, although most successful, it's it's qualified, right? It's it's one playoff win. What, what do you think the next guy needs to be, and how much – how much is it on ownership here to to land the plane on this thing? I mean, we're 20-some years into this. Yeah, you know, and let me just say this. Yarmo Kekalainen is one of the finest gentlemen I've ever had the privilege to cover. Just a great guy. I think he did a lot of good things with the Blue Jackets. Uh, you know, but I don't know. It's It's, you know, I remember back a few years ago, you might remember this, uh, we we had someone reach out to us, informed us that the hockey the hockey stadium or the arena was was haunted. Therefore, the team was haunted. Yeah. Remember, and we brought I that. Do. We went down there, who yeah. poured salt all around there and everything. And they might be onto something because I'll tell you what the the, the fan base supports this team. Um, and you know, you you look at all the excitement that happened when they they signed Johnny Gaudreau and. And Line A re-signed and everything, and it just, it, it just, I don't know what it is. And you look at some of the great players that have come through here, and and they've struggled. They go to other places, and they win, uh, they 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 win, uh, you know, Stanley Cups and stuff. So I don't know. It's it's frustrating. Uh, I think whoever comes in here, you you've got to understand that this fan base here wants a winner and wants a winner now, and they they they've waited long enough. They've been patient, and I think it I think it is time. And I think the the McConnell family and I talked to Mike Priest. I think they understand that. And uh, you know they were so close. Think about how close they were that year that they swept Tampa Bay, and they had Boston on the ropes. I mean, you know, it just it it was so close. And uh, but close is not good enough these days, Bo. No, it's not. And eventually, you know that that's the thing. I, I talked about this earlier in the show. Like the problem was, is you felt like you had a nice young core that beat Tampa Bay, but then that core all f- went away. You know, all of them left, yeah. and so that's the that's the other part of it. Um, how far are you into yeah, your uh, your? Let me, I, and let me yeah, just say this, and I take yeah. that personal because Columbus is home for me. And some of these guys that have, you know, like, and, and, and if you don't want to be here, then don't be here. But I mean, I, what is it with Columbus? This is a great city. I don't, I don't understand. That I don't think it's Columbus. I think it's the winning. I think if you win consistently, people will be a part of it. Don't you? It's just the winning. They just haven't won. I don't know. It's like, well, I mean, I look at when Panarin wanted out of here and Bob wanted out of here. I just don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's I, I don't either. I, I remember at one point wasn't wasn't Panarin he wanted to go someplace where he could have a garage or something like that. I, I can't even remember I mean, what I mean, that was. We, he we was fun to watch though. In Columbus. Yeah. We do. I, yeah, I mean, we he's, have and he's still a good player. Yeah, I, I have great. a garage. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Hey, yeah. uh how far are you in your Yellowstone watch? How far in? We binge watched it. It's it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing, and and that's why I'm, my wife is mesmerized by you now because you are a real Yellowstone. 
So yeah. last night I took I took the bride out to dinner. She wanted to go out, so I said, "All right, I'm going to dress like Rip." I and, love it. Uh, so I put the Carhartts on. I put the cowboy <laughs> boots on. I put on the whatever, and I played cowboy last night. Oh, I bet. But uh, and she was Bethany, uh, and uh, and but that show is. <laughs> That is, I thought someone was asking me, they haven't seen it. I go, what's it like? I said, imagine the Godfather meets Gunsmoke. That's yeah. it. That's, yeah. it's, 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 it's absolute. And I'll tell you what, they uh, they whack a bunch of people in that, yeah. in that show. I mean, there, uh, there's not Dead, that much Deadwood, murder. Deadwood's got nothing on them. Holy <laughs> no, smoke. no, Swearingen's got nothing. They, um, there's, aside from the murder, a lot of the other stuff they get right. There's not that much murder in, Mo- in Montana, but the, a lot of the other stuff they get right. You know, they have on the, um, on the, I think it's on the Paramount Plus, they have the other series. They have the 1883. Uh, they've got 1923. They, he's got a bunch of them. That are that are in the mix there that are, they give you like they're they're prequels so you and the you and the bride could watch yeah. those if you're all the way through the watch. Yeah, I tell you, I mean, now have you watched the whole thing? Oh yeah, yeah, I watched it in real time. I used to do reviews. Uh, now let me ask you this: Your dad, being a native Montanan, yeah, well, I would be too. Sh- what does he think of the show? Well, yeah, you do, but you're like the Gucci cowboy. You just yeah, you know. Wait, wait till I show you, send you a picture of me brown bra- branding cows. And much yes. less Gucci. Um, he, yeah. My dad hates the show because it's brought a bunch of people that he calls invaders to his state. So he hates it. Really? Yeah, well, I can't stand it. I, so, so he probably wouldn't want me coming out there mucking no, around. No, he'd love right? to see you. He's always very fond of you. I don't know yes. if he'd want Carpenter out there, but I think he'd, he always liked you a great deal. <laughs> I think that would be fine. Oh my gosh! I think he'd take well, care how of much you. fun would that be just to go there and just hang I'll, out and I'll take in care the wide of open spaces? Yeah, I yeah. want to go. I, I yeah. think it'd be cool. Yeah, now, they do have grizzly bears out there. I understand. that's true. Yeah, we have those. Yep, they're there. Yeah. You, there's yeah, some yeah, natural yeah. predators as well. Yeah, you don't you don't mess with those. You know these no. people. Oh, look at the bear. Let me go Mm-mm. pet it. it. Doesn't work no. out that way. You know, no, that's not going to. You don't want to mess with the moose either. Well, you don't want to mess with the moose from Dublin either. Like that's the other no, part of it. Stay no, clear of all moose. moose. Dublin, yeah, yeah. The yeah moose. Stay clear. Yeah, the moose is loose. He so. is. All right. Good talking to you, buddy. All right, pal. I'll see you. All right, there it is. A little uh, Thursday, Tuesdays with the Barry on a Thursday on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We hit three things coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the Fan. Your home for the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, and crew, and our sincere apologies for common men singing Creed songs. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus 15% off your first order with code RESTful15. So head to BOLLNBranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Drink recommendations, movie reviews, sports discussion, and whatever the hell Reeser does. This is Bishop and Friends. Hi, Reese. What do you have on the poll? Daily Fan Poll sponsored by ER Auto Care, Masters of Our Craft. 
Today's Daily Fan Poll asks, where would you most want to see the Buckeyes play in Chicago against Northwestern? Again, that game's on November 16th. There has been reporting that says the Buckeyes are going to play at Wrigley against the Wildcats due to construction or destruction of Ryan Field. But the choices for the Daily Fan Poll are Wrigley Cubs, Soldier Field, Guaranteed Rate Field, or Seat Geek Stadium. That's where the MLS Chicago Fire play. 57 respondents, 57%, excuse me, respondents to the Daily Fan Poll sponsored by ER Auto Care say they'd rather watch them play at Soldier Field. 36% say Wrigley Field. 4% say Seat Geek Stadium, and just shy of 2% say Guaranteed Rate Field. Northwestern's athletics department has a fetish with making things hard for Ohio State. I guarantee, <laughs> I, I can't see it any. Remember when Plausible. they had to play when they were doing their basketball arena and they had to play in the Rose Center? I know that was every team, Rose, but then yeah. the, the rumors of the grass being tall. This one they can't control. But remember the weather game a few years ago for yeah. C.J. Stroud, and now put it in Wrigley. Nothing bad happened last time Northwestern played in Wrigley. There certainly wasn't a hole that just opened up in the middle of the field against Iowa. I you'll, see. I didn't watch it. Only you would have that intellectual knowledge that that's that the Iowa Northwestern game. It literally I got that bigger, the, and they kept trying to put stuff in it, and it kept getting bigger. Probably the reason you would do that from a Northwestern standpoint is you would keep if you do Soldier Field and you have sixty two thousand people, fifty five thousand will be in Scarlet and Gray if it's at Soldier, and yeah. at Wrigley at least it's thirty some thousand, so it's not so bad. That's that's probably the thinking there. Uh, it would look cool. Probably would look cool. All right, time for three things. Hit it. One, two, one, two, three things. Sponsored by Custom Air. Custom Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. All right, number one for me. Just got back from uh, Southern California and we're there from last Thursday till yesterday. And the weather's awesome. It's it's really great. There's no question about it. It was high 60s, mid 70s the whole time we were there. But it's the sun. That's the game changer. That's a differentiator. You can deal with this temperature. This has actually been a very mild, easy February from what we're used to by far. Uh, but at the same time, like the sun shining every day, that's where the dubs. That's where you stack the dubs. It's the temperature. The difference between 48 and 68, eh, it's the sun. New Chops TV had to drop a little bit later on Wednesday, but it uploaded last night. So that's available to you wherever you get podcasts. We talk a little bit about the Beatles biopics. They're going to make four of them, apparently. A little bit about the NCAA video game and the art of flipping channels. But the main subject is this movie called Upgraded. In that plot, somebody gets upgraded to first class, which made J-Lo suggest something that we could do on our trip over to Dublin on a long plane ride that would make the trip more fun. So maybe check out the podcast if you'd like to know what that was. There you go. So, Bo, I don't know if you saw the comments from Rick Pitino over the weekend just eviscerating his St. John's players. Quote, we are small, we are slow laterally, and we don't shoot the ball great. We don't play great defense because of those shortcomings. These are the weaknesses. Outside of that, we're pretty good. End quote. Well, St. John's beat Georgetown 90-85 to last night. It's their second win in seven games. And after, Rick Pitino said, quote, these guys have never failed me. I have failed them with the fundamentals. End quote. Yeah, Rick. Sure. <laughs> Sounds like somebody got sure. to him. Got to him and said, hey, coach, you want those big transfers, buddy. That dialogue ain't going to work in today's day and age. Um, number two for me, I, I don't know what this... What this means for spring break, which would probably be a disaster, but two straight really perfect trips from a flight standpoint, everything on time, even getting in a little bit early, um, all the flights worked. The only thing that I still think should be punishable by death is overselling flights, which they do consistently. And they actually told people on my flight from Dallas last night that if you are boarding in rows six, seven, eight, or nine, your carry-ons cannot be brought on the plane. 
So you gate check them, period. Like, that's it. And, of course, now people are pissed off about it. Um, I actually was, I I selected seats because, you know, I've got kids and paid to be able to select the seats. And they did move me arbitrarily three rows behind where I paid to sit which I thought was kind of crazy. Luckily, there was a nice lady who swapped with me, which is very kind of her. So overall, pleasure, it it was fine, uh, but you can still, even on a fine trip, there are just these hints of it barely hanging on by a thread. Second one for me, I was walking the dog yesterday, and I noticed a car parked on the street in my neighborhood, and it had one of those lock bars on the uh, steering wheel, and it made me think of this clip. I don't know why you're up here doing whatever it is that you're doing, and I don't care. What I do care about is my 1997 Dodge Neon, so here's the deal. You two monkeys are going to get me a new 1997 Dodge Neon, or I'm going to go and tell Frank and Dennis that you faked your own desk and you're hiding up on the roof. Well, now you're just talking crazy. You can't buy a new 1997 Dodge Neon. Not, you can buy an old one. No. You can't buy a new okay, one new unless you had a time machine. No disrespect to the person trying to protect their Dodge Neon, but I just don't think you need the lock bar on the steering wheel for that one. You're probably okay. Uh, some good news for college football video game fans. Uh, obviously, over the past couple of days with EA Sports, college football 25 coming out sometime this summer. I guess bad news for Delaware, who's going to become the 135th FBS team in the 2025 season. Because it was announced today that all 134 FBS teams will be represented in this new game. Get Flacco on the horn. So close. So close, Just Delaware. It. Just missed it. You You wouldn't. I'm going to send you guys the picture. Number three for me. We go to dinner on, it was Tuesday night, last dinner. There's a guy across the table who is dressed, hair coiffed, sunglasses chosen, a dead to rights doppelganger for Uncle Baby Billy. (laughs) I'm telling you. So I spot him right away. As soon as we sit down, I go, whoa. Like, I know it's not Goggins, because I know Goggins doesn't look like that. So it's not Goggins. So he's choosing to look exactly like Uncle Baby Billy, or he doesn't, or he was the inspiration for Uncle Baby Billy. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. My wife's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking a picture of this human. <laughs> She's like, you cannot, you can, we're in a restaurant. You can't take a picture of the kid. So I had Beamsy kind of like stand next to something so I could take a picture of Beamsy and get a photo of the guy. So I have a photo. I will send it to you. This dude was Uncle Baby Billy perfection. It, I, I don't even know what I ate for dinner. I was so enamored by it. You should have chimed in with some of your nonsense and see if I you should've. had any room for it. Last one for me. Reese just mentioned the 134 teams in the new EA Sports college football game. And they put out a little video. And it's just a little quick run through a bunch of, you know, half a second for a graphic of each team. And I said, hey, close your eyes. Click on it. This is the team you have to create, a, uh, you know, a dynasty with. I got South Carolina. Somebody responded to me. He said, I got Nebraska. Didn't like that. I said, terrible luck. He said, though, I like this idea. New challenge. Resurrect a museum program on Heisman difficulty. Oh, there's something for the video game. There you go. Final thing for me, and we'll probably have some time to discuss this tomorrow and maybe for the next couple of months. Bo, how dare you try to cut Nick Chubb? (laughs) How dare you? So the boys were texting me about this. I'm like, I really tried to unplug on vacation. I did a pretty good job. And I'm like, wait, what is going on with Nick Chubb? Yeah, no, I don't don't think that's going to happen. It was good to be back. We are back tomorrow. Rothman Ice coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. During this 10-second promo, Rothman will lose money gambling on something. People like you come here and blow the family nest egg that built this town. Rothman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan. 
is a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. With Major League Baseball starting next month, let's look at the odds for the Ohio teams to make the playoffs. The Cleveland Guardians are plus 240 to make the playoffs according to ESPN Bet and minus 285 to miss the playoffs. The Reds are plus 150 to make the playoffs, minus 190 to miss. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowen Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bowen Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else. And it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash. And they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back, no questions asked. So head to BolinBranch.com for 15% off your first order with code RESTFUL15. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. Good afternoon. I'm Ryan Baker. Both Buckeye basketball teams are back in action tonight. First up, it's the number two ranked women's team who haven't played since last Wednesday. They're on the road at Penn State. The Nittany Lions have lost five straight coming into this one. Matt Andrews and Katie Motter Henninger have the call over on ESPN Columbus, 1460 AM and 971 HD2 at 545. Tip is at six. The men are also on the road as they take on Minnesota at eight. The Gophers are 16 and nine, seven and seven in the league and are coming off a win over Rutgers on Sunday. The Buckeyes are looking to get their first road win in 417 days. Timmy Hall gets you ready for this one right here on the Fan at 7 with the Fan Warm-Up Show. And the Cleveland Cavaliers All-Star break is over, and they're back on the court tonight hosting the Orlando Magic at 7. The Cavs have won 18 of their last 20 and are second in the East behind the Boston.